0: And I did it again this week. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Big Apple Hockey. Because for the first time in a while, we have Mr. John Volkowski back with us. He'll go first over my name. There we goes
1: I don't know. I'm doing the little orange Cassidy there because I'm kind of lost on words. But uh yeah, happy to be back. Let's do this.
0: And I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, and Uh, I keep forgetting that I keep leaving that layout on there and uh, it's working. It's not perfect system. We're trying to get it all worked out, but everybody, thanks everybody for being here for this is going to be our New York Rangers season preview, our predictions. And even after we talk some Rangers, we're going to go over the NHL awards. We got today for the New York Rangers tomorrow for the New York Islanders get Anthony's picks on the NHL awards, Phil's picks tonight. Me, I maybe I'll make two set of picks. so That way, I can't be wrong. How about that one, Phil? That would be actually a great decision. oh look at you covering! Oh no, album. no, no, no! We're gonna stick to your guns. Stick yeah. to your guns. So many times in my life, I've been wrong. I might as well at least stick to your guns.
1: Awesome band and diamond. Awesome album for anyone who is a fan of hardcore metalcore. Check them out.
0: Nice. All right. So there we go. And by the way, if you happen to notice, Phil and I are wearing our Big Apple hockey trucker hats. We have a limited supply still available. You can check, uh, click the e, the uh, eBay link below. And a matter of fact, if you order one, I'll throw in a big Apple hockey sticker because we just got those in this week. So there's a lot for us to do. And by the way, of course, football season is upon us, and so is betting season. Go to be, uh, click the link below to go to our Bet Us account and you get a 125% bonus. Phil, hockey season. One week away from a New York Rangers official game, and we're going to be going over the New York Rangers season. Last year
1: Rod Gilbert Days Away.
0: The Rod Gilbert Days Away? Yes, it is. Ah, uh, it's a shame we lost Rod last summer when uh you I think you were doing your what if segment when you when when he passed. Yeah, and and yeah. then Hendrik Lunquist retiring in the same week. How about that? But the New York Rangers, last season, losing to Tampa in six games in the Eastern Conference Finals, Philk. And, you know, you got to say that that was a successful season, especially for a team that did not make the Stanley Cup Finals – or, sorry, the Stanley Cup Playoffs, I mean, in about four years, and then they go right to the Eastern Conference Finals. Philk, my first question to you, last season, what went right for the New York Rangers?
1: Number one, Igor Shesterkin. Um, the man should have won the Hart Trophy, but didn't, as, uh, you know, Canadian media bias and Austin Matthews scoring 60 goals was going to take that away from Igor Shesterkin, but Igor Shesterkin should have won the Hart, and he was every bit as dominant of a goaltender we'd seen since peak Dominic Hasek in 97 and 98, and I said that throughout the season. Unfortunately, the MVP didn't come to fruition, but he won the Vezina, and he Decidingly won the Vesna, and I, I got to emphasize emphasize that word. I'm, I'm still back in uh, preseason mode here because you know, I'm fumbling over words over here. But um, yeah, he was robbed, as Mike says here, absolutely robbed. So um, definitely a uh, definitely a big big season for him. Um, Mika Zibanejad, number two, um, took another step, becoming or towards becoming a, uh, a number one, like a legitimate number one franchise center. Um, I know you're, you're probably going to be annoyed at the fact that I'm mentioning this guy at three instead of two, but yeah, some guy named Chris Kreider almost set a single season record for goal or almost tied the single season record for goals. So um, yeah, Chris Kreider had a big, big year and um, no, actually, David, uh, Three other goalies got first place votes. Vasilevsky, um, Soros, Sorokin, and uh, no, UC Soros I don't think was uh, the other goalie. I would have to go look it up again because I, I was just looking at it earlier on today, funny enough, because someone was asking about it. But it was Vasilevsky, um, Sorokin, and um, Markstrom. I think, no, Markstrom, Markstrom didn't even get it. It was someone else. I can't remember who now.
0: Uh, now you got me needing to look up for now, that. Yeah. Okay. yeah,
1: now I've got to look it up myself because <laughs> it, it just it doesn't make sense to me that three other first place votes came from this Vezina voting when Igor Shosturkin was that dominant. Um, I would also say that we saw the emergence of Keandre Miller in the second half of the season, so um, that was that was big. So that that was really good to uh, have that happen, because earlier on, if you remember me on the first half of the season with him, I was really, really hard on him. And at one point, I thought that they should have probably just sent him down for a few games to get his confidence back because it looked like he wasn't really playing with confidence. But um, oh, it was uh, Frederick Anderson. Sorry, Frederick Anderson was the other one. I knew I wasn't
0: uh, hallucinating. Yeah, I just had to roll my eyes at the thought of Freddie Anderson being that third guy. Why?
1: On Carolina? And, yeah. and not only that, but the guys that were in front of him. You know, It's homer votes. It's homer votes. I would love to see who gave Sorokin that vote because it's probably an Islanders rider. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, um, yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, Keandre Miller coming out, um, Artemi Panarin having a, a career high in points, even though you can kind of say his play was a little sporadic and mm-hmm. not as good as he was in 2020.
0: Um, he had another. Like, he had an year. explosion the final two months of the season. Yeah, he did. And You're right. And 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 it, it wasn't just Andrew Cop showing up. Andrew Cop then facilitated the rest of it. But, but Artemi Panarin and that was another guy. If you watch these, uh, the final buzzer with John Folkowski, that it was there was a lot of problems with Panarin. And then like he he was he would get a point or maybe even two points, but he would be like he appear and disappear in games. In March and April, he was noticeable. Uh, all yeah, over he the was absolutely
1: noticeable. He was their best forward, I would say, down the stretch. I would say Kreider and Zibanejan were probably a close two if you want to put them at 2A, 2B. But um, the, Artemi Panarin was definitely their best player down the stretch. And Frankie Vetrano was really good for them. He's, he had, what, seven goals, I think, post-deadline. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was one of the best deadline acquisitions across the league in terms of production. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the big guys were the big guys. Adam Fox had an amazing first half, questionable second half coming back from the injury. We'll, we'll see, hopefully, uh, those mental lapses and some of those sluggish plays. They, they don't happen again this year. And, um, you know, we're going to – obviously, it's Miller is a big thing. And then Zach Jones. And, and then the real one – that I, I would love to talk about in a little bit of depth here would be Braden Schneider and the way that he played. He was mm-hmm. phenomenal for them. And that time when Fox was injured and he came up and played on the first pairing with Lindgren, he outshined Lindgren in that very, brief stint. So Braden Schneider was really, really good for them. Um, obviously, now you see why John Davidson and that old regime were so high on him when, and you know, in that draft video where Davidson is like absolutely going nuts over the fact that they
0: were able to make the trade to go up for Schneider. So. And, and at the time, see, this is sometimes why, why you got to trust in your executives, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know I'm what, let me say this right now with, Miller. with Kendra Miller, the player that he became just solely from the first week of March, all the way to the trade deadline, and then the rest of the way through, like there was just a transformation that it, it, it was like, it was like a switch Philk. Like it, he was a completely different player, but pre pre trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that, that like I, I said, March was really when I started noticing his play like elevate consistently. Um, there were definitely games in February. I'm like, oh, wow. Like he's having a really, really good game. Like, is this a sign of good things to come? And then, you know, the next game, he wouldn't be as good or he he would, you know, throw a stinker in there or something like that. And then March was just every time I saw him, every shift was just like, wow, like this kid is noticeable. He's doing things that, you know, you that like when you start to get it. All right. So the the, the analogy I made on Twitter was that Keandre Miller is like, when Neo finally starts to believe that he's the one in the Matrix and he fights the first Agent Smith for the first time, that was what Keandre Miller was like towards the end of that season.
0: Yeah. And uh, I even use that analogy for the game one uh, victory against the Lightning uh, when the Rangers had it. But I, you know, this guy, he's learning. It takes a lot to play defense in the NHL. It takes a while to learn to play defense in the NHL, and he's he's only been a defenseman. What, what are we now? Seven years? Seven years of him being a defenseman? He was, yeah. So
1: they they drafted him. He was three years a uh, uh, three years on defense when they drafted him, and they drafted yeah. him five years ago. So yeah, this is eight years of him. So now it's defense. eight
0: years, eight years of him being a defenseman. And three of it at the NHL level. <laughs> uh, and it, it's
1: scary to believe like how good he, like how that switched. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen someone turn a switch that quickly to go from a guy who like I thought was struggling to a guy that looks like he's going to be an elite player. I I, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Like I,
0: I, I got to agree with you that you, you use the word struggling. That's where I have to say, I, I didn't see that one happening because I was thinking Adam Fox when you were talking about that, but Adam Fox was playing well, he was just good. And then suddenly, holy, this, this guy's Norris trophy, but this, 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 is something else because we were even speculating at uh, last year at the trade deadline, they might try to move him and the Rangers did not move him, obviously good. And, uh, another guy that didn't move was Philippito and he's what went right in the playoffs. Because Filippito in the playoffs just went off. Now, my question I keep asking, and we keep talking about it, is is this, was that his coming out party? Was that the upwards trajectory that he's been on since? I think the some of the numbers say uh, uh, like February and March and then April he was going on this trajectory. Now, seven goals, two assists. The two assists bother me for a center, but – it, or is it just him doing a R.J. Umberger, Sean Bergen time impression of, Hey, I'm going to have a real good postseason, uh, pay me. And then I will do nothing the rest of my career.
1: I I don't think it's that I, you know what, even watching him in preseason, he seems to be playing the same way. And even Sam and Joe pointed it out. You can just see that there's something different about him now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what, And I, I think, I think he finally understands how to be a pro. And I know that's so cliche and I've said that before, but you really do have to understand how to be a pro when it, when it comes to playing a professional sport at the level, you have to understand the rigors of the schedule, the grind, the effort and the the practice that you have to put in the attention to detail and conditioning and your, and your, your, your drills and your, your, your skills uh, sessions with your skills coaches and, and everything like that. That's all part of it. Like that, that's that's a big part of what goes on behind the scenes that we don't see. And I think Filipino is really not, not only figured it out, but two embraced it. And um it's funny, I'm gonna switch gears here and go to a different sport for a second. But I, I just saw an interview with Giannis um from the NBA from the Bucks. And the uh, yeah, I can't. I cannot say that last. I'm word. able
0: to say onto the kumbo but I can't say lobby, uh lobby. lobby elect. Elect. <laughs> you can't. You
1: can say a name that's ten times harder, but you cannot say <laughs> What is wrong
0: with you? I think it's just I heard it more. Maybe I don't know. Wow. And I, I how love Peter say, Peter how do you Peter hear that name more than? Oh my God, Mark! I, that doesn't even
1: not even a plausible excuse. Not a plausible <laughs> excuse. All right. <laughs> oh, but anyway, Giannis had an interview yet yeah, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before that I saw the clip on Twitter and he he basically said that the the reason for his success and the reason for great players being as great as they are and he mentioned him, you know, mentioned Kobe, mentioned LeBron, mentioned MJ is the fact that you know they strive to be great. They're not worried about all these like all like brands or all this off, like, um, you know, all extracurricular crap. You know, they focus every day on being the very best player that the game has to offer. And I, I think Hedo has really tried to be the very, very best version of himself. And that's what's happening with him right now. He understands that he has to do that in order to get to that next level. And I think that he knows that he's in a make-or-break situation. And you know what? I mean, the Rangers are going to benefit from this this mm-hmm. year, I think. But um, it, it could cost them him in the future. And, you know, and if that, that's the case, then hopefully the Rangers have a contingency plan behind him. And, you know, they got Vinnie Trocek. So Trocek's going to be here for a while.
0: Yes. And uh, even the night he signed that contract, when the uh, NMC terms came out and I saw that, and see, by the way, David, that's going to be huge. They got three big RFAs that they have to re-sign next year, even with the cap going up in another year. But not right now. It's not going to help them in 2024. They're going to have to figure that one out. But when you looked at Trochek's uh, new move clauses, mm-hmm. where I think he's got, a, I think it goes 12 teams after year four and five. Then it's 10 and six and six and seven they're moving them sooner than later, so yeah, the Rangers probably, you know, don't have to worry about that, Phil. Let's go to something. <laughs> I think I think we might have the same thing on our agenda for this one. But what went wrong for the 21 22 Rangers? A lack
1: of five on five and even strength offense was the biggest thing. I mean, bingo, that was, yeah, that was the first thing I'd, I'd said earlier on in the year. It's like you, you can't expect to win games two one you know, one zero three two every night and have Igor stand on his head. And they did until the trade deadline. And then everything changed after the trade deadline with the additions of Vitrano and Mott and so on. So five-on-five offense was the biggest thing, um, even strength offense too. Um, an- another thing would, was, you know, having anchors like Patrick Nemeth, who is gone high, freaking So, yeah, um, not having a guy like that on uh, your third pairing can help out the third pairing big time. Um, But there wasn't a whole lot that went wrong aside from the five-on-five offense. I mean, Artemi Panarin, I would say, like, his sporadic play for a good part of the season. And then, um, you know, just being an inexperienced group that ran into a well-rested, you know, defend two time defending champion team in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals.
0: Now, I know the temptation is and I'm just giving a quick glance over to uh, to the to the comments to see if anybody said it yet. The the temptation for the average Ranger fan might be, well, why aren't you saying Lafreniere and Kako? And one, Kako was injured. Uh, he only played 43 games last year and then the playoffs. And then you saw sort of a coming out party for him in the playoffs, in a way. And Lafreniere, people want to rip Lafreniere. Got a yeah, exactly. And and again, Jack, that's why it's a good thing as well. So, um, but then, but Lafreniere, people want to rip him. They're like, why isn't he this uh, as good as Lucas Raymond or whatever? He had 19 goals last year and 12 assists. Playing and on- you know how many of those goals were at even strength. That would be 18. Yeah. Like he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't given any power play time. He doesn't have any time to produce. He's got the, he has to do this all at five on five. He was, he, he's second on the Rangers in five on five scoring. And our Timmy Panarin and Mika Zabanajad are on this team. By the way, who's number one on five on five scoring for the Rangers, Filk. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Oh, actually, he's number two.
1: Five-on-five five scoring, but I think, well, Chris Kreider?
0: Chris Kreider, yeah.
1: Yeah, oh, goals, yeah, goals.
0: Goals, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but by the way, and Chris, we didn't even mention Chris Kreider about everything going right. I think Chris Kreider completely changed his game, and this is who he is now. And we're going to get more into Chris Kreider in a minute because we had a bar talk solely about the New York Rangers, plus one bonus today, guys. So enjoy that one. All right, Phil, now looking ahead to this season. What is – who is going to be the most improved player, I should say?
1: Wow. Um, I'm going to go with Keandre Miller because I, I, I think he's going to take a, a step to a very, very high level this upcoming year. I think he's going to establish himself as one of the, the core players on this team this upcoming season, I, I think – um, I would love to see him get more power play time over Jacob Truba because Jacob Truba is very shoot happy, um, is not the walking the line on the point and um, he's not a great passer. So I would rather see Keandre Miller there. and I think Keandre Miller is also better at getting a shot through to the net than Jacob Truba. So I would like to see him on Power Play too. but I, I, I honestly think that Keandre Miller could probably put up close to 40 points with mostly even strength and penalty kill time this upcoming year. And he's going to be playing
0: 22 plus minutes per game. I I just, yeah. And another thing, he might be the matchup pairing him and Truba taking on the number one, the number one players every single night. Cause I know sometimes they have used Fox and Lingren sometimes. I mean, and, and when you get that versatility with those guys, that's why I, if, if, and my answer, if you didn't say um, Miller, was going to be Miller. But now you did say Miller. So now I get to go to Braden Schneider. So that's how great that is. Because, <laughs> because again, like one of the big acquisitions I thought in the last decade for the New York Rangers was in 2014 when they got Kevin Klein. And. Yeah. Kevin Klein was a, not the Michael Delzado defenseman. He was, he could sub in sometimes on your top pairing or your second pairing. But he was a he was he was a bottom pairing defenseman. And the Rangers just went out there and just went, Oh, you guys, you guys are going to throw your that your top line against our third pairing. Well, here's a surprise for you. And he was great for the New York Rangers when they had him. If Braden Steiner does the same thing, regardless if Leibor Hayek is next to him which we'll all roll our eyes just thinking if you can actually, if, if you're listening to this on audio, you should have seen the grimace Phil just made when I just say Lieber Hayek. <laughs> it's, it's like all the joy at Phil's life has just been removed. And, and this, is what it but if Braden Steiner can do that, I mean, I, and improve, it doesn't matter who's playing on his side. And then you look at the defenseman that they could acquire from the trade deadline and maybe even be the final piece. Because that's because by the way, that's gonna lead to another thing that we're gonna ask in a second, but not right now. Philk, who's gonna be the most disappointing player? Wow. Um, and by the way, we hope it's not going to be true, but
1: Wow, this is a tough one. Um,
0: I, I really haven't had time to think about this. No problem. I'll start it um, off. And maybe I'm wrong. And if you if you if you watch my Twitter over the last week, you would know it's, it's going to be Vitali Kratzov. I I don't know what he does. Like when you look at some of the Ranger guys, uh, Kapalko is pretty strong on the puck, and he really showed it last year in the playoffs. Alexa Lafreniere, just he's he's such a good. I think he's a good skater. I mean, maybe you think I'm wrong, but uh, it, it, the guy can the guy can just play and he could do almost anything he'll start doing a lot more this year i don't say almost anything but he's still learning the game What does Vitaly kratsov do I, I don't think he facilitates well i don't think he shoots that well i don't think he skates that well so it's it's sort of like like the office space uh thing about so Vitali, what would you say you do around here and <laughs> i think it's going to be about i i, I honestly think he, he's, well, he's definitely breaking with the team. We know this. And very easily when the game speeds up, who knows, maybe he'll pick up his, his speed too. But I also, I also keep looking at him and going, Sammy Blade is going to end up on that right wing or Colin Blackwell. Let's say for instance, but no, I'm, I'm joking about Colin Blackwell, obviously he's not here, but I mean like stuff like that, where you're like that, that who ends that's who ends up playing with our time. If guys like that, and it's put up or shut up for Vitaly Kratsoff.
1: Yeah, it, it really is a make or break for him. Um, I I and I had I mean I'd have to agree with Clash Royale one on one here. It it's it, it's his last chance. I mean, if he does nothing this season, he's probably gone. Um, I think he says does nothing in October, he's probably gone. I don't know about that. I, I don't I think they're gonna give him time. They, they they have a lot invested. They're not going to just go and because the the op, the other option is with him is to waive him. I mean, and, and if they waive him, they're going to lose him. So mm. they're not going to just do that for nothing. I, I, I think there's a decent chance he's traded by the deadline though because they're going to probably look for uh look for an improvement somewhere and they you know might try to go get a veteran. Maybe he goes to Chicago in a deal for Patrick Kane. More about that later, but um. I, I would say my most disappointing player, I, I think, might end up being Vinny Trocek. Really? Yeah, because there's a lot of pressure for him to assimilate with Artemi Panarin and to, to have that chemistry. And I hope I'm wrong about this, but I, I mean, I just think that a lot of fans are going to expect anywhere from 60 to 75 points to, from Vinny Trocek and then great two way play. And I, I hope he hits that because that, that 5.625 million that he got becomes an absolute steal of an AAV for, for the next five seasons. But um, I, I, could, I could possibly see it where you know, that first year is a little bit of an adjustment for him to get, that, uh, to get that chemistry down with Artemi Panarin. And then maybe next year is a really good year for him. So, um, Well, by the way,
0: more on that as well in a moment. Keep going
1: yeah, so I, I I do think that um I, I do think that there is a, uh, a a chance that Vinny Trocek could be the most disappointing player. My other answer was actually gonna be this man right here, Capo. and uh, Capo and I, I don't want to see that happen, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's a chance that you know he just doesn't put it together and they don't see the offensive uptick that they want to see from him, and he gets he gets dealt. And because he's just, you know, it's just
0: disappointing. So,
1: I've, I've said be- it
0: before. I'll say it again, Philk, that the second he's traded to another team, he's going to find it because the spotlight in New York is going to be off him. He's going to, he's he's going to, he might be in a different situation. I look at him as being like a Todd Bertuzzi situation where he just goes somewhere else and explodes. And then it's, why didn't you do that here? Well, maybe it's because you didn't play him. That's for one thing because um, when he's given a chance, he plays, he, he, he's, he's all right. That, I don't that's I, that's, I just, hope that's, that's, that's just my opinion on that. That is just one guy's opinion, but Phil, what current position battle kind of concerns you
1: right wing right wing is the, the biggest battle that I see. I mean, it just seems like they don't have a definite answer for anything right now at right wing, except for maybe Vitali Kravtsov because they want to put him with Artemi Panarin and they want Panarin to help guide him, which I love. I, I think that's awesome. I, I think Panarin's comments and Kravtsov's comments in the off season, um, have said, uh, or have been really, really good. I, I, I they've said everything right this off season. So now it's time to go, uh, you know, walk the walk on the ice there. But um, yeah, I would say right wing, uh, maybe the sixth defenseman spot because you don't want Libor Hayek in there. You want that <laughs> taking that spot. Please, for the love
0: of God, Zach Jones beat him out and send him to the sun. I mean, I, I got to hope the same thing on Zach Jones actually making that. I really wanted to see Matthew Robinson get a better shot, but they already sent him down to Hartford. No. Uh, yeah, Phil gets the right wing. It's it's got to be the right wing, and I just I just ripped on Vitaly off And it's it's it, it can can Lafreniere transfer over to the right wing and be better. Uh, can can they don't want to elevate do that. his play and get up there? It's this is they so don't want to do that, and that's that's the that's
1: the issue. And they they just they don't want to take that chance. They 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 clearly like him better on the left side. And if that's the case, then that becomes a long term issue.
0: So I have to ask this one. And you know what? I actually had the positive one first. But I'm going to go to the negative one. So just just to give people a chance to think about it. So flash forward a couple, well, to April. The New York Rangers season went wrong when?
1: (sighs) Igor Shosturkin gets hurt.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: big concern to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, he's had injuries in every year so far. He got injured in his rookie year in 2021, or, or not? Well, would you consider that his rookie year? No, actually, no. 2020 he got hurt, and that was a freak accident. 2021 yeah. he had the groin. 2022 he had the groin. So, yeah. um, I mean, he's had he's been injured every year. So it's it's really it's, it's really injuries. And then the other the other thing I would say is if um, the young kids don't take a step forward, which I feel like I'm repeating myself from last year. Yeah. But uh, funny enough, they didn't take a big step forward last year
0: and they were still fine. Mm-hmm. So. And that's all they got. They, they just got to take. this oh. is a good one. The power play
1: drives up. Or drives up.
0: Yep. Yeah. See.
1: Yeah. I think
0: they're going to be a better five-on-five team this year. And I'm going to get to different reasons why on that in a few minutes. But – uh, yeah, that I got to tell you, Jack, you hit a nail on the head with that one. And Mike with a good one here too. If Gaudreau or Blair are playing on the in the top six, you you know I that's can see one three. of them up there. I would rather see both of them down below. I would rather see them being this super fourth line that the Rangers can use against uh, other teams' top units and stuff like that, and really intimidating, uh, just everybody. Because if that's the case, then it's it's almost like sky's the limit for the Rangers, which is where I'm going to go with this, Phil. If things break right, the New York Rangers will.
1: I think they'll get back to the conference finals. I don't know if they get there. It depends on, you know, if acquisitions at the deadline, you know, the development of the kids. I, I think it's really tough to prognosticate that. Um, but if they get back there, then that's a really, really good sign. And that means that they're still trending in the right direction. And that's what, what you want at this point. You just want them trending in the right direction. You know, if they get knocked out in the first round and get beaten mercilessly by whoever they play and it's like a team that's in, inferior to what Tampa was this past season. Then, you know what, then you can look back at it and say, oh, well, you know, then maybe this wasn't the best year for them. So, But if they, if, they're, if they look like they're trending in the right direction, I'm okay with it. But if, if everything breaks right, I, I think they have the potential to, to at least get back to where they were. Um, Carolina, to me, I don't know how much better they are than last year if they are. Pittsburgh's defense looks like it improved, but their team is basically the same team overall. And I, I don't know who else really took steps forward in the East. So the Rangers, I mean, if every, very, very, very best case scenario, they could get to the Stanley cup finals. If everything goes right, everything would have to go right down to like the smallest details. So.
0: I think especially if they actually take the reins off of Lafreniere, you might see that uh, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Phil, my, my sky's the limit is the, the Stanley cup or the Stanley cup finals. They're on the short list of teams that could possibly win. There's, Where I'm having trouble trying to do this, and I'm and a matter of fact, I keep trying to say this the New York Rangers are not going to the Stanley Cup Finals because, and I'm list trying to list reasons in my head. Five on five scoring, maybe. Uh, Igor Sisterkin gets injured. But who's better? Right
1: right wing production would be one of the things for me,
0: I would say. I mean, better right now in the Eastern Conference when you look at them, Igor and net. Uh, that that scoring on that top power play unit, especially. I understand power plays. You can't get too in love with power plays because after all, the first team with the number one ranked power play to win the cup, I believe, was the '94 Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, even with the power plays that were back, I don't know if they ranked them back when they they did. Well, Boston,
1: mean. no, well, they did. They 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 ranked them for a while, but Bo- Boston won the uh, cup in 2011, and the, and they were just atrocious on the power
0: dreadful. Play. They were like 22nd.
1: They were, I think they were one of the worst. They went how many games in the playoffs without scoring a power play goal? Was, I'd have to look that up. Streak. I know they had the streak. I just don't know the number off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. Which, by the way, the other night I was uh, quizzing John Solomon on uh, who won the Stanley Cup during his lifetime. One of these days I'll have to do that for you. Ah. So, <laughs> or possibly even in QA tonight. So, Phil, with all that being said, Time to make the predictions. What are your predictions for the 19, for the 2022 23 New York Rangers? Oh, um,
1: I'm going to say they finished second in the division. I think Carolina probably ends up taking the division. Very, very close race. Um, the Rangers, I think, once again, will probably get over 100 points. I think they're second in the division. Um, But I I, I just think it's going to be a very, very close race with Carolina. And Carolina is going to barely edge them out, I think, for the division. Uh, I I, I think think they end up getting back to the final four. I think they find a way.
0: I'm going to say the Rangers do not win the Metro, even though the Max Pacioretty injury should affect Carolina greatly this year. Um, And – they also got 37-year-old Brent Burns. Brent Burns is a great defenseman, but we all know about that thir- that thir- age 37. Just that everything drop. goes. Yeah, it's where the line of demarcation just stops and everybody starts shooting downhill. Mm. Although, tell it to Joe Pavelski. He still doesn't want to listen to anybody about that. No, no Pavelski,
1: uh, one of those rare ones. Yager, Pavelski, yeah, Brendan Moore. Yeah,
0: so I'm going to say that. In the playoffs, it depends on who their matchup is. I'm not a big believer in the Pittsburgh Penguins. And they're going to be rolling out in wheelchairs. You, you know what? They, they
1: intrigue me. Uh, I'm not going to say they scare me, but they intrigue me. Um, and the reason I say that is because I like what they did with their defense. They, they got rid of Matheson, and they got rid of Marino, and then they ended up getting Petrie and Jan Ruda. And uh, Jan Ruta's a little underrated, I think. Um, I, I, I think Tampa Bay is going to really feel the loss of guys like Jan Ruda and, and, and Ryan McDonough on on their blue line. And I think Especially Pittsburgh. McDonough. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's why Tampa Bay, I, don't, I think this year, doesn't scare me as much as they have in previous years. So, I mean, I, I could absolutely see. Um, Andre Vasilevsky having a phenomenal year with them, and he'd probably be Igor's number one competition for that Bezina. But, um, I, I think that Jan Ruda and Jeff Petrie will go a long way for helping Pittsburgh's defense because Pittsburgh's defense was not good against the Rangers, and they needed that defense, and they just upgraded big time there. So, um, if Petrie can give them one or two good more years,
0: that maybe that keeps their open uh, window open a little bit. But um, yeah, so I, I do have to say, by the way, about the Penguins because there's a lot of crying about the penguin. The Rangers should have never made it as far as they did because it was all because of the City Crosby injury that happened and everything else. First off, the Rangers have their own gripes about that playoff series because that Game One should not have been a triple overtime nope. game. Nope, that should uh, have been. A- and, and say what you will about the, the Rangers and the Penguins and every, every, any way you want to slice it. The Penguins had a lead in every closeout game and coughed it up. I'm lost. You just, you, you can't, and you could say, well, two games were Louis Domingue and the Rangers just waived him. All right. What about game seven? You had Tristan Jari in net. You had a 3-2 lead going into the waning seconds of the third period. And oh, the the stick got chopped you out of. Uh, uh, yeah, no.
1: no, Please, shut
0: Please. up. Please. And then oh, it's a ticky tack penalty. No, there was a penalty. It's what it was. So Panarin scores. Game's over. And and let's face it. Also, the, I think they went ahead two to one. And uh, Candre, uh Candre goal, kind of a weak one. I know it was off a skate, but you no, know, that was your typical Tristan Jari clutch. Oh, here, here here's goal. another
1: excuse. The, the the helmet coming off. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and again, and, and the Carolina Hurricanes, on the other hand, there are no excuses with them. They played a great series against the Rangers. The Rangers just came to play in game seven, and Carolina was just know, not like ready anything. for it. So, all right. But what are your th- – oh, so, uh, yeah, I never gave what my prediction is. Yeah, the Rangers going to the Stanley Cup Finals, everybody. There you go uh, to get, get ready. Cause, cause we're going to be covering that in the uh, after bar talk. When we start talking about some league wide stuff. And actually I even thought about a couple of questions. I have to ask Phil when we go league wide about that in a minute. So anyway, what are your thoughts on the New York Rangers season? What are the deficiencies in the team that you see? Who's going to surprise everybody in a good way, throw it all down in the comments below because we still got more Rangers talk to go to and uh, there's gonna be a lot of happy islander fans tomorrow when they have to when when they get to see this but uh just all all islanders tomorrow but here we go guys let's do some bar talk
1: shot this is the easiest cyber dancer let me say beer i can't even begin to describe
0: i'm actually gonna go crazy i'm gonna buy everybody around on this one welcome back everybody to big apple hockey bar talk where we are gauging our confidence on nhl topics based on our choice of drink and today it's only new york rangers topics except there is one bonus one so stay tuned for that one play along down in the comments are you buying around Are you just so so you it a beer or you know you just you, i just need a shot uh, this is terrible so once again guys big apple hockey trucker hats are in red and white are both available they're on the eBay link below still got about seven of the blues and I think seven of the whites. So click it on in. Like I said, I'll throw in a sticker in there too, but Phil, we were talking about him in the first segment and that is a guy you say potentially could be disappointing. Vinny Trocheck should not be our Temi Panarin center. Uh, I'm going to have to say shot to this, but uh
1: yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna buy a round of shots on this one, actually. Because, <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, I know what I said about Trocek and how it could be disappointing, but you know what? Chemistry is not something that develops overnight. And some guys in certain situations, like Anthony and I, when we first played together, like years and years ago, we're we're going back like almost 18 years. You know, Anthony and I clicked right away for some weird reason. But you know what? That's you know, that, that's just playing like beer league level hockey. You know, the, these are guys playing at the NHL level. They're, you know, again, it, it's completely different. So um, you got to give him time. We got to be patient with Trocheck, but he should absolutely be our, our Temek Panarin center, provided that something happens where they just can't figure it out or get along. I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm shot on this easy.
0: Uh, by the way, who was the passer and who was the scorer?
1: Um, I ended up being the passer and Anthony was always more of the shooter. Anthony always liked to shoot. So, um, yeah. So Anthony, uh, actually funny enough, kind of going off topic, but there was, um, there was a game that we were playing in a, in a playoff game against one of the refs that, uh, refed where we played, um, he was playing on one of his teams and the guy threw an absolute shit fit on the bench because Anthony had scored like six goals against them in this game. And back then Anthony wore the tinted Ovechkin visor, the mirror one. <laughs> so all you hear from the bench is somebody in stop Ovechkin. And me and Anthony are just cracking up, laughing on the bench at this. And it's 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 pretty friggin' funny to think about. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anthony. I mean, the-
0: it's it also by the way that's how you find like the biggest dick on the ice he's wearing the tinted visor yeah um,
1: usually that's someone who gets ran at
0: uh Phil, i've been beating this drum all summer long I, i'm buying around on this the reason why is i think trochek's game especially if you he's more of a defensive player than ryan Strom ever was yes we were talking about him before this is his stat line right here it's Uh, This was a late addition, so I don't have all the stats right here. That's why I got to say it out loud. 21 goals, 30 assists, 51 points, plus 21 last year with the Carolina Hurricanes. I think the New York Rangers benefit if they split them up and throw, let's say, Heedle over with Panarin because Panarin will do all the the dirty work for the center and then just Heedle has to find open space and put it in. Now, I think this is where Vitaly Kratsov, benefits if fetal Heedle, if he's there because then he's able to be another passer to get him the open shot and then that's probably where the best game is if it ends up being vinnie Trochik, that's where i see a guy like sammy blay jumping up uh to the second line and we yeah we all don't want that yeah. so yeah because again as i excited i was i was that sammy blay was potentially coming back in game six when i heard kako got scratched i said uh-oh <laughs> uh, to a guy who was an all-star last season, and we saw him in Vegas, Philk, Chris Kreider will score 40 goals again this season.
1: I want to say beer because I could see it happening. Um, I don't see 50 again, but um, I, I, I can see 40 because I, he's just the best net front presence in the league, hands down. And if he just continues to consistently go to the net, I think he's just going to get 40 just because of the fact that he's just going to be at the right places at the right time at even strength and the power play to bang in those garbage goals. Um, and then, obviously, he's going to use his size, his speed, and his shot to get the other portion of his goals. So I, I, I can easily see um, 40. I think anything less than 35 would be a disappointment. But I can I could definitely see him getting 40. I'm going to say beer. I'm not sure about round, but definitely, definitely beer here for me.
0: Uh, I'm going to – I'm actually gonna go around again and it's not a surprise. Uh, we know I'm carrying Chris Bright, uh, Chris Carter's water, but you know I think, oh, he's, yeah. <laughs> I think he's I think he's found his game and found what exactly what the Rangers wanted to be. He's not just a guy that's supposed to stand in front of the net like Adam Graves. he'll actually go off to the side of the net and that's out of the Flack box. He's excellent at getting rebounds. He had 10 goals in the playoffs as well. He's their power play cleanup guy. The only way, yeah, he's scored twenty five on the power play alone.
1: Now, yeah, I, I think he's probably good for twenty on the power play, and I think that's why he'll hit forty. So
0: now, if it was just solely deflections um, in front of the net, I would say, nah, he's not going to do it again. But and and Stephen Step Boy Stephen, uh, our friend of our show, uh, brought this up. Any he, he's he's one of the old he's one of the five players I think it was. That scored his first 50 goal season after the age of 30, and nobody ever did it again. Yep. I do think he can get to 40 again. I think they utilize him the right way. He's fallen out of love with that wrist shot from Beyond the Dots. And when he was using that wrist shot, it was on the off wing. I kept promising everybody I was going to make the video showcasing all of his goals and everything. But I think, I think it's he, you know who he is. Now, I will say this, Phil. If he scores, say, thirty-five goals, twenty on the power play, but Panarin and Zabanshad's goal totals go up to forty each, like they were two years ago, is that really so bad? No, because it's a basically a wash. Well, actually, no. You're
1: you're actually getting more goals at that point. Wow, Tage Thompson just scored a sick goal. Sorry. Oh, but nice. I, yeah, I'm watching the preseason game between Buffalo and Carolina, but um. They uh, honestly, you're you're getting all right. So if Mika goes back from what twenty eight that he had this year to forty, 29, I think it was yeah, yeah twenty eight or twenty nine that he had this year, and then Panarin gets up to like thirty five. I, I would say that's 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 a wash, mm-hmm. or actually maybe a little more. But I mean, honestly, you want Chris Kreider to score at least thirty five. That's where you, you want him at this point. You want him at thirty five or above. You, fifty is just, it seems like the outlier. Could he do it again? Sure, but I don't see it. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, because I mean, really, the thing with me with Chris Kreider is, is that he was having a career year at a point where you usually don't find players having career years like you, like you said before, like after the age of thirty. And I mean, if you look at his shooting percentage, he's shot at twenty point two percent. Yeah. Now. That's the second. Actually, it's the fourth straight year in which his shooting percentage has risen. So he he tied he had his he tied his career high in goals in twenty nineteen with twenty eight, and he shot thirteen point nine percent. Then the following year in twenty twenty he had twenty four goals in only sixty three games, shot fifteen point four percent. I mean, it was established by that point that he was basically the best net front presence in the league. Mm -hmm. So he follows it up in 2021, the uh, the COVID shortened year. 20 goals in 50 games. He shot at 19.6 percent. And then this year he took 258 shots, career high. Shot at 20.2 percent. But here's the thing: a lot of like, unlike an Alexander Ovechkin or you know someone like that, Chris Kreider is not a volume shooter that takes shots from all over the place. He's a guy that takes shots from high danger locations. And his shots aren't only shots, they're deflections. And deflections usually have a greater chance of going in than you know a regular just shot on net because mm-hmm. of the obvious redirect. So with his usage and you know, with the way that Gallant's going to you know employ him, I, I would say that Chris Kreider, he could realistically maybe hit 50 again. I think 40 is realistic. I just, I I can't say definitely then. I'll hit 40. So yeah, we ended up with like 38 or something like that.
0: Well, don't worry, Chris, I believe in you that that really isn't worth that much though. So, (laughs) uh, Philk, one of the guys that you always, uh, were very critical about last year, who by the way is now the New York Rangers captain, the Alexei Lafreniere, We'll have more points than Jacob Truba this season.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a round on this. I, I think Lafreniere is going to, he's gonna break out. I, I think this is gonna be the year. I, I just saw, I saw a lot of good things for him at the end of the season. Be- between that unreal goal he had against Detroit, um, the, <laughs> the, the play in the playoffs, especially with what we call the shift. With the kid line and the way that he just absolutely dominated on that shift, they're they're just. I, I think he's ready, and I, I think if he stays on the top line, if they keep him at right wing there, I definitely think he's going to break out. He's going to. I think he would score fifty plus points if he stays on that top line.
0: I think he's got to earn that power play spot, and I am. I'm going to say two things. One. I do have to give credit to Jacob Truba. Thirty-nine points from the defensive position. I mean, especially without any power, power points That's good. Uh, minimal, but you know what? I'll say this: they better. He, I'm going to buy around because he has to. Yeah. And has to. He, your number one draft pick, you got to play him. Time to take the the shackles off him and uh, let him play. Just, just like, uh, like. Ken Watanabe said let let them fight this time it's just let him play. So um, um Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. Great voice on that guy too. And yeah. I, I mean Mako had a better voice. I loved him when he was Master Splinter, but that's a different story. Uh but yes, so just let him play. So here we go and going to another guy who's going to be a restricted free agent next year. Actually two of them. Keandre Miller is more critical to the New York Rangers this season than Philip Beadle. I'm buying a round of this.
1: I, I, uh, like I said before, I think Keandre Miller is ready to take the next step to becoming a great, truly great defenseman. So um, I, I, I think that you, and not only that, but he's a top four defender as it is already. Your top four defenders have to be four of your most important players. So uh, Keandre Miller, this is an easy, easy round for me.
0: You know what? I got to go right there with you. It's an easy round. I am buying everybody right now because the with with him, I think the defense is less insulated. He's the one that's got to take the next step. If Hedl kind of struggles a little bit, he still has Trocek. He still has Panarin. If he's playing on that line, he still has that third unit. It's not the end of the world. Miller, on the other hand, then you got to hope. Uh, that Brayden Steiner steps up and then who knows what if he does and then Miller falls backwards a little bit. I do think Miller is what's important when you're playing teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins or uh, later on when you're playing, maybe who knows in, in the conference finals, I don't even know if Tampa is getting back there again. And uh, let's say, let's say it's the Florida Panthers. They get there, they get their shit together and they go, I don't know. So it's because I still look at that division, Phil. and I think, I think the Rangers are, are the ones that's going to come out when that bracket's done, maybe not necessarily over there, but that's what. And because of guys like Ke'Andre Miller, uh, so,
1: I, I mean, I, I know you you brought up Florida, and and I I don't know if I see them as good of a team this year. I think that that and, and you got good reason. I think that I, I think when you when you lose your arguably your best forward and your. And your number two defenseman for a lesser forward? I mean, sure, he's younger and he's gritty, and I think he's he's built for the playoffs, but I, I, I just don't know how that helps their team. I really don't.
0: Yeah, and and then Paul Maurice as a coach. Good? Maybe not great? We'll, we'll see about that one soon enough. One. Been around for a while, very experienced, but... It hasn't really been able to get the job done. Yeah. Actually, Phil, thanks for leading me right in. Speaking about somebody that just hasn't gotten the job done. Been good at times and spots, but not great. But Capo Kako, 43 goals, uh, 43 games, 7 goals, 11 assists, 2 goals, 3 assists in the playoffs. Capo Kako will be a New York Ranger after the trade deadline. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say beer just
1: because I mean, it is possible that they trade him if he doesn't produce. Um, I'm hoping that he absolutely breaks out and just blows the doors off. Um, but I mean, from what I've seen in the preseason so far, I like it, but I'm not over the moon about it. You know, he looks good, but you know what? I, I, I expected him to come in, with a purpose. And I, I just haven't seen that as a, mm. so.
0: I think that's a good point, Phil. He, he, he does. I I haven't seen that fire with him either, but then again, I do like the other things that I'm seeing when, when I was playing in juniors and I wasn't getting much playing time for a little bit, I used to ask my coach. I'm like uh coach Fitz Henry. Can I, can I at least uh, learn the PK? Cause I'll get some ice time. And sure enough, he, he actually put me on the, uh, the penalty killing for like about 10 games, but it's, huh. it's something that's, that if you're not getting ice time, go to your coach, figure out how to get ice time. Kako's playing the penalty kill right now in the, in the preseason and him and Lafreniere, Lafreniere had a short eight, goal against the devils. You know yeah. what? That's how, that's how you stay on the ice. You just figure out a different role for yourself. Uh, I talk about it a couple of years ago with the New York Mets, Dominic Smith, who said, I'll go play left field, and then he did, and then he was successful. It's just you you can't just sit there and pout on the bench. You have to get out there and get your coach's attention. And sometimes the best way to do that is to, to just be a different role. If he's not getting any power play time, which he may or may not, then it's time for it's time for you to, to say, I'll take the penalty kill, I'll do this, I'll I'll go out in this situation. Just that's how you get. Get their eyes, and you know, maybe Golan changes him around because Golan's sort of like uh, a forward whisperer because he did it with William Carlson, he did it with Chris Kreider. So I gotta go Beer as well because uh, I I think Kako really the Rangers really need him to. Because here's the here's the other thing, Philk. At year's end, Patrick Kane is going to be a UFA. The New York Rangers will acquire Patrick Kane at the trade deadline. Okay, everybody, get your comments in.
1: I'm going to say beer. I definitely think this is possible. I mean, prorated at the deadline. I think they'll have the space to do it. And then they will have the assets to do it. And I think with Jim Dolan, you know, still not taking his hands fully off this team. I think there, there's going to be a one, especially after they got so close last year, they're going to want to to do it. And I, I think they're going to find a way. I, I just, I can absolutely see it happening, but, um, you know, it, it, again, it depends on the price. And like if this man right here says, uh, ends oh, up no. audience, I don't think they, I, I think they balk at that. I, they, I don't think they're giving up a Brendan Hoffman to go get Patrick Kane. I, I, I think he's going to be a key part of what they need to be able to do in the next few years with having uh, entry-level talents come up and get production on entry-level deals.
0: So, I get nervous about it if, say, for instance, a Rangers rival is uh, it just tries to get there and like they're on the cusp. Let's say it's the New York Islanders. Because I'm trying to think of a, a team, the Columbus can't do it. Uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have the cap space. Maybe the Washington Capitals—that's that's an off chance, but I don't know what their assets are. So that leaves us with—they have here. a great farm
1: system, Washington. They they really, I, I don't I don't see a lot of assets there that they can move to get somebody like Kane.
0: So that leaves us with, say, for instance, New York Islanders. Let's say they're in playoff positioning. Do the Rangers end up raising their price? just to keep them away from the Islanders. And I would say, go ahead, have them because look, the Rangers are going to need guys like Lafreniere, Kako, Ottman, because they have a lot of money. They're paying out the next, well, seven years. So it's, uh, they still got to get the 2024 before they can think about moving Chris Crowder or, or Jacob Truba. Yeah. And, And it's just, it is a lot to ask. And I know it's saying, Oh, you get Patrick Kane. Who cares? I I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what first, I don't know what they're going to have to, as I hit my mic, as usual. Uh, I don't know yeah. what the asking price is going to be. I don't know what the effect in the locker room is going to be. Cause let's say Alexei Lafreniere is performing well, but not good enough at a Stanley cup level. Do does getting Patrick Kane, knock him back a little bit. Does that mean you have to send out a, uh, a, uh, a caco it's going to take people were speculating it's like oh i'll we'll send kratz off and uh two first rounders this year that's not the answer either because the rangers are going to need to re- make sure that cupboard is restocked so there you go with that silk i kept on guaranteeing everybody one just one topic was not about the new york rangers and here it is everybody Introduced this weekend was Bowie by the Seattle Kraken. So, the Seattle mascot is awful, Filk.
1: How many, how many shots can I possibly buy at once? I, I mean, uh, rounds. How many rounds can I actually buy? I'm oh,
0: sorry. God. oh, You know what? I'll just click on a few of them for you. Oh, <laughs> As one, there's two. <laughs> uh, what
1: is that thing?
0: I they went with a troll. I guess, I guess that's what it is. It's <laughs> Alexei Kovalev's troll from his locker. I'm gonna borrow. some almost uh, Stat Boy Stevens' joke to me, which was, but I, apparently he was recovering from a methadone it clinic, has- and that's where they found yeah. it. You like they have like crack and masks. You could have made it an octopus. I saw,
1: why? Why would you do that? It looks stupid. I know. I know. Like, but you I, know what? I see when Gritty came out that it was like that. It was like a mascot that could have been used for the Dare program back in the day. <laughs> but this thing is that. This thing is actually more representative of it than than Gritty is.
0: And it's, it'll haunt the, the dreams of small children. But you know what? I I gotta have to let this play out. I'm gonna put a beer on it. It's just because, oh man, this, that thing. I don't know. It's just I looked at it and just went, eh. But if they would have done the octopus, do the octopus. It's a kraken, and then you can name it Phil. <laughs> Phil the kraken. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: For all the crackheads at the crack house,
0: oh, the crack house, yeah. I love it how they embrace that. Like, oh, we're the crack house. No, don't call it that. <laughs> Please don't call it that. All right, guys, that's the end of uh, well, the New York Rangers bar talk for today because and one cracking one. So, uh, if you haven't put your comments, uh, if you haven't played along, put them down below. Make sure you guys have liked. And subscribe and hit the notification bell. Cause that's what we need you to do because we need to, we need to make money and also not burp from water. How am I burping from water? How are God, you? burping? From water? I have no idea how I'm burping from water. Age is, age is a wonderful thing. All wow. right. Philk, we got to go look around the NHL right now. And I've been promising that I have it over here, but, uh, Actually, Phil, let me also, before, actually, well, let me do this first. We're going to do a little bit of an NHL 23, uh, 22-23 season preview. I'll do, get Phil's takes tonight, Anthony's takes tomorrow. But, and I'll have a, I'll have this as a separate video for everybody so you can see all of our takes by Sunday. Phil, who do you think is going to win the Calder Trophy this year?
1: That's a good one. Um honestly. I I'm gonna go kind of out of uh maybe not necessarily out of left field here, but I, I Owen power in Buffalo. All right. All right. But- I, I, You know what? I, I could really see him coming up and, and being a, a, a really good defenseman for, uh, for Buffalo. And, and he's going to get a lot of minutes there because they don't have a great defense core. Um, I mean, they, you got got like guys like Darlene around him that are talented, but I could just see him being a big-time contributor for that team and playing well and not having a whole lot of pressure or spotlight on him and just him going out and doing his thing. And at his size, his skill, and you know his skating has definitely improved since he uh, since his you know his draft year. So I, I could definitely see him being something good.
0: Uh, the guy that I'm going with is Mason McTavish, and a lot of the times when I look at stuff like this, it's are they going to get the playing time, and do they have the pressure on them? I think he's going to get the playing time. I don't think he's going to have the pressure on him because Trevor Zegers had a great. Uh, first season with the Anaheim Ducks, he's the star. I mean, after all, it's like they were doing the uh, what if hockey players had NFL style uh, intros and uh, Sorry, Trevor Zegers comes out and says Hogwarts was his university. So he's quite a personality and I think he's, everybody's going to be focused on Trevor Zegers more so than and then Mason McTavish and the filk. We talked about it about a month ago, but on our group chat, but that swat down that he had at the, the world juniors. Wow.
1: Yeah. Um, he's just something else, man. That I could absolutely see him winning it. And he's got NHL size already. And, and he, he's, he's a good skater. He has an NHL level shot already, which is like a big, big thing. You got to be a real good shooter as a forward. He he got a dynamite shot. So um, it's funny. I watched like um, a a big um, high, like a big compilation of uh, of his goals in junior this year mm-hmm. between the teams he played for, and and especially in the playoffs with Hamilton and just. My God, man, he can absolutely shoot the lights out. And I, I just, I, I like the, I like the hands. I I, I like the size. I like the, the skill, the athleticism, the intensity to his game. He plays a big, heavy game. I, I just think he's ready. I, between him and power, I, I just think that they're going to have very smooth transitions into the NHL. And you already saw last year a little bit when he played that he, like he could have, he maybe could have stuck last year. So McTavish, so I, I that's a real good pick on your end. I think mm-hmm. many people are probably taking that pick,
0: and rightfully so. But I'm I'm just gonna go off the board and say power. I don't think it's that far off the board. Uh I think he's going to be they're gonna throw they're gonna throw him in there and he's gonna be paired with with Dallin. I think that's that's a good pick. There's a lot of good rookies this year. Maddie Beniers is gonna be in there. Uh Shane Wrights, uh uh the,
1: the do for it. I, I think he can. Uh, he's going to get time in Seattle. You're talking about someone who's going to get the time. Seattle needs centers, and you know what? I I I, I could see Beniers and Beniers played great for them down the stretch. He was almost a point per game for them down the stretch. So I I, I really think Matty Beniers is going to pick right up where he left off, and he's going to have a great year.
0: And the Olympics. Don't forget yeah. about that. And yeah, he played in the Olympics. There you was uh, same thing with 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 uh, Mason McTavish, and I'm trying to remember who was the well one the guy that we didn't mention William Eckland. A lot of people are very William high on
1: Mecklund, him. That one is uh, that that's a that's a solid pick too. Uh, I mean, he's dynamic, great skater, great hands. Um, I I think you know what another one who could be a real dark horse would probably be Kent Johnson.
0: Yes, Kent I was about to mention him as well. Kent Johnson could be he could be
1: right up there, and you again. Talking about playing against men and getting time, the, a lot of these guys have played against men, and they're going to get the time on their respective teams to do it. And that it's funny because we all talk about the Rangers and why isn't Capo Kako, why isn't Alexi Lafreniere breaking out and this and that? Because the Rangers haven't put their players in an optimal position to break out and given them the time and the chances. Like someone like Lucas Raymond last year, Lucas Raymond, top six minutes, power play minutes. And look at what he did.
0: Yes, exactly. So and there you go. You have, to put,
1: you have to put these kids in positions to win and succeed. And the Rangers haven't really done that with their players, but I can see the guys that we've mentioned being in those positions to go ahead and break
0: out. I was going a little bit crazy because I had to go to my fantasy team that I drafted the other night. I still have one more after the draft, but uh, Logan Thompson is another possibility if he's good. He's got to be good. I mean the 9 14 save percentage at the end of last year that was good. The goals against was not and the timely goals against was not. Uh by the way, it's if I could uh, I'll probably send a screenshot this and show it to you and Anthony. Just I got a lot of scoring, I don't have a lot of goaltending. And it's good to have uh Karol be a 10th round keeper, I'll tell you that. You
1: know who I, I honestly think that doesn't get a lot of recognition that I think could end up I, – I don't know. You know what? I, I don't know if he's going to be able to play the amount of games that's needed to, to be it unless the goaltender in front of him gets hurt, but Lucas Dostal and, and Anaheim. Okay. I, I, I would I would watch him this season. He was really good in the four games that he played for Anaheim this year. And he's really their goaltender in the future. He's one of the best prospect goaltenders out there right now. But um, I would say Lucas Dostal is somebody that I would keep an eye out, but I just don't think that as a backup he'll get enough games unless Gibson gets hurt. So, um,
0: Big Daddy, by the way, don't worry. We're going to get to that. And if you haven't watched the video on the most underpaid players in the league, your question inspired that. So thank you. Thank you. Let's get back to, let's get back to uh, the question right here. Who will win the Norris trophy? Philk? Ooh. Um,
1: wow. Um, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, there's a bunch of guys that I, I could, I could see in the mix. Um, I could see Victor Hedman there again. I could see Adam Fox there again, having a, a better full year as opposed to last year, and hopefully not being hurt. Um, Kale McCarr is obviously going to be there. Roman Yossi. but I, call me crazy, but I, I think there's going to be someone that's going to be taking a big leap in development this year. And I'm not, I'm not going to say Keandre Miller, even though I would love for him to get into the Norris conversation. <laughs> I I think it's actually your um, rookie of the year pick from last year, Moritz Sider, I think. Moritz wow. He's going to get some serious consideration this year because he was amazing for Detroit last year on defense. He had 50-plus points. He was dominant in both ends of the ice, um, and Detroit is going to have a better team around him this year. I think if Detroit makes the playoffs – and he puts up like 50 to 60 points like I think he can, I think he can actually win the Norris.
0: All right. I made a comment last year at this, time, at this time that the Canadian press is going to make sure that Kel McCarr is going to get the, the Norris trophy no matter what. And then he won it over Roman Yossi, who in my opinion still should have won his second one. And it wasn't yeah. on Kel McCarr because I would have said, I would have made Kel McCarr my choice this year. But I'm also starting to think about this like they're spreading it around. Like, oh, he's got one, let's give it to another guy. It's okay. And what makes me angry about that is I'm a, being a Ranger fan, Brian Leach had two Norris trophies. He had to earn his Norris trophies because Chelios and Bork got all of them. So yeah, you know where I'm getting at with this is I think this might be the year Aaron Eckblad wins his first one. So I'm, I'm trying. He's got to stay healthy. Wow.
1: He's wow. got to stay healthy. He was yeah. on track
0: to win one. And uh, he was my midseason Norris Trophy winner last year, even though Yossi was so much higher on points because it was it, the scoring went Huberdeau, then Ekblad. And you could have said there was a comparison in points with them. I think if they're going to go with that philosophy of let's spread the trophies around, it's Aaron Ekblad.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had 57 points in only 61 games this past year, and finished sixth in the Norris voting. And I think in like plus-minus, he was top like three in the league. I think. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of defensemen, I should say, but I, I just I know for a fact that he just was just incredible last year for them. I, I I don't know if he necessarily wins it my biggest thing is with them is he probably could though because of the fact that they just lost weaker so you, yeah. you're losing you're losing your number two defenseman and then on top of that you you have um, no one else really in that squad aside from what Gustav forsling that that's yeah. really that's really your guy after that Um Another guy we haven't really talked about is Long Beach, New York's finest, Charlie McAvoy. Mm-hmm. And that's another, that's another guy who, who played really good defensively. He finished fifth in voting last
0: year. But well, fourth, I don't think the Bruins are going to be good enough. What's that? I don't think the Bruins are going to be good enough.
1: You know what? I think they could pull out a playoff spot. I, I, I really think they, they could pull out a playoff spot. Okay. It was and sorry, sorry, David McAvoy was not third; he was fourth. So I was wrong as well. Um, he he was fourth. Third was um, Hedman, and second was Yossi. So
0: okay, yeah. And what was like
1: Fox fifth? Fox was fifth. Yeah, if he, I, yeah. I I I had Fox and um
0: and uh,
1: McAvoy backwards for a second. I thought Fox was fourth.
0: To- to- totally fine. I mean, don't worry. I might have a spelling error coming up in another minute. So That's for Phil, sure. Phil, again, I, we got to say the same thing because you look at guys that, that were great players, Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist, only have one Vesna trophy between the two of them. Sergey Bobrovsky's got fucking two. Who's going to win the Vesna this year, and is it going to follow that same thinking I gave you before? I think if Igor
1: comes anywhere close to doing what he did this past year, I think he's winning it again. Uh, I I just think that he set a standard that was really that good. The only thing I could see is that Andre Vasilevsky lost two top four defensemen in front of him this year. If you look at Tampa Bay's lineup now on cap friendly or any, any type of Mm -hmm. uh, lineup site, um, you're, you're going to see some unfamiliar names or names that you know you don't think that you're going to get a whole lot out of. So Mikhail Sergachev is going to have to step up. Ian Cole they signed. Eric Chernak, you know, uh, he's kind of been a uh, a stalwart there for them, if you will, mm-hmm. just kind of steady presence. And then you've got Philip Myers, Calfoot, and Hayden Flurry. That's not a great bottom pairing there. Uh, Cal Foote, maybe you get more out of him going forward. He's still relatively young, but I don't know if he's really ever going to be the defenseman that people thought that he was going to be coming out of junior, but um, their top four is definitely not as good as it was in previous years. And this is really going to be on uh, Victor Hedman to kind of really carry the load and him and Mikhail Sergachev. So, If Andre Vasilevsky has a year like he had this year with that defense in front of him, Andre Vasilevsky is going to get a a lot of votes again for the Vezina. So, uh, or, or this could happen and he takes a step back.
0: That could be very well true too.
1: (laughs) That could happen. But I, I do think that I think voters, if he posts comparable numbers to what he did this past year, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of Vezina voters are going are to take a look at that name and they're going to be like, wow, it's Vasilevsky. Had a great year, lost two guys, still putting up big numbers, and they're going to give it to him, I think, at that point. So I think it's going to come down between um, Shosturkin and Vasilevsky.
0: I'll throw a different name out there, and I'll let Anthony be the one to say Ilya Sorokin tomorrow because Sorokin might have something to say about it. But I'm looking at a defense that just acquired – a very good defensive defenseman. And I think that UC, UC Soros is going to be in that mix. I knew and, you were going there. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know what? He was the only other guy that I even put in the neighborhood of a at, at his peak last year. And you're talking about Yossi McDonough, um, Ekholm, Dante Fabro, Jeremy LaZan, And I mean, they, they, it, that's a they have the best six-man
1: unit in the league for my money.
0: Yeah, so I would, and, and I gotta agree with
1: that. I could challenge them in that.
0: So you get that good six-man unit. They played a, a defensive style. Soros might put up some really good numbers, and he, he might get some looks. Uh, yes, Dark Horse is uh, Jake Ottinger. He's uh, I like the, Jake
1: Ottinger as a Dark Horse.
0: A, a lot of people like him. I'll give you another Dark Horse, Philk, because uh, you're going to hear me talk about them a lot. Thatcher Demko. I, I don't
1: know if I really like Vancouver. Uh, they're just their their core is not exactly
0: what, that and right home material, you know. Like exactly, think, but he it, might it's, be it's, just a guy that makes a couple big saves, and then everybody's as a as, what was. What was the line they used in the bubble? They got dem code? So,
1: yeah, when yeah. he was when he went on that ridiculous playoff run, but I mean. Quinn Hughes, not great defensively, great offensively. Ekman Larson, uh, pretty good dif- offensively. Again, all that not that great defensively. Tyler Myers, overpaid on the wrong side of 30. Meh, kind of a mid-defenseman at this point. Tucker Pullman, okay. Don't mind him. I wouldn't want him as a top four, but he's a top four for them. Then you have Travis Dermott and Luke Shen, and that's really not a great unit of six, so – by the way, um, it's
0: funny that we mentioned Tyler Myers and uh, Owen Power within the 20 minutes of each other. As, the, as the big,
1: big, tall Buffalo defenders, one that won the Calder in 2010, and another and one that I are predicting Calder this year. Yeah, I get it.
0: <laughs> All right. Phil, we'll get, we're going to get to teams in a second. Let's do the final award. Who's the Hart Trophy winner this year? Wow. Um.
1: I wanna, I wanna sit there and I wanna say that this is gonna be the year that they finally give it to Nathan McKinnon because wow. okay, they're, I just have a feeling that he's gonna put up his first career one hundred point season. Even with the loss of Nazan Kadri, I I think that Alex Newhook is ready to step up. He had, I think, 33 points in like 63 games or something like that last year. He was scoring about a point every other game pace. I think he's going to take over that second-line role. I think they're going to be fine at center depth down the middle. They have the best – they have one of the best, I should say, um, six-man units on defense in the league. Their goaltending is suspect. I, I, I don't trust Alexander Georgiev as a starter. Um, maybe behind a better team, he'll put up better results, but I, I, I don't think he's any better or worse than Darcy Kemper. Um, but I do think that this is going to be the year that Nathan McKinnon finally stays healthy, plays a full 75 to 80 games, scores a hundred plus points. I'm saying maybe even 110 points somewhere in that range. And they finally give him the heart trophy. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Nathan McKinnon.
0: I'll, by the way, come right out and say it. Alexander Georgiev is nowhere near Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper, I thought, was was great with Arizona. He was good with Colorado when he won a Stanley Cup. And now he he's in, in Washington.
1: Playoffs, That's the problem. He posted yeah, he like was, a sub-900 percentage in the playoffs. And that wasn't right. good enough.
0: Very much faltered. <laughs> now, with all these discussions, whenever it comes to the Hart Trophy, we always have to acknowledge... One spot basically is reserved every single year for Conor McDavid. Start with that one. One is reserved. Connor, already a finalist. Enjoy. Now, Austin Matthews winning it last year. I I, I went on the tirade about Mikael McCarr winning it. Austin Matthews deserved it. I mean, he he basically carried the Leafs all the way through. 61 goals. Yeah, uh, it, that's that's amazing. So, I am going off the board on this one though, Philk, because I got a guy that I think if he's good and and his team is good, he's going to be the primary reason. And that's going to be Karel Kaprizov. And I think he wow. I think he's your Hart Trophy winner it. this year. Now, okay. uh, it's it's because everybody's going to look up and they're going to be like, "Wow, this guy's got 100 points or 105 points. Who's the next closest person?" Oh, it's Matt Zuccarello with 70. So, I mean, there, there's – I think they're going to get – he's going to get more production because I think Marco Rossi is going to end up going into the top-line spot in between him and Zouk uh, as opposed to Ryan Hartman. That's one reason why I did not draft Ryan Hartman in fantasy. Keep that in mind. And it's just – I I, I, I think this is the year you really see Caprizov really explode. That's just me. Yeah, I – the one
1: thing that I worry about with that team is the fact that they just lost Kevin Fiala. Yeah. I, I, I don't like that loss, especially with when he was having a, like a point per game year. Um, what I will say is I, I, I do like the idea of Marco Rossi. Um, they don't have him listed on cap friendly right now as, as a, uh, On the actual roster itself But he can definitely make the team Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the other thing That actually helps them Is the fact that even though they're losing Fiala Matthew Boldy was really good For them last year Really, really good And he looks every bit ready To take the next step So they may not lose much When it comes to offense With Boldy coming and basically Taking a spot
0: and man, that that kid, he looks good too right now. I do have to address David's comment right here because uh, it's a guy that I've I've been critical about a lot. But uh, also, you were talking about Georgiev. Georgiev will be a one A like he was under Quinn. Plays three games, takes a break, so I think Georgiev will be okay. Colorado. Yeah, I got to say this. No, I don't think so. Georgiev, Alexander Georgiev is what he is. I think he was coached well by uh, Benoit Lair. Had a really good first full season. With the Rangers. I mean, if you want to call it this, the 20, it was 21-22. 20, Is that his first full season or was it? 2020, uh, 2020, 20, 20, uh, 2019, 2020. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that was with Ben Air coaching him up. And his save percentage has gone down. His goals against has gone up. It's his, it's those are two numbers that are not good. It, it's trending the other way, sort of like, it's sort of like for me, uh, the way to just change that name around, Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, same thing. You know what's funny? I,
1: I I see this comment right here, and I always go back to Connor McDavid, and because Connor McDavid, in his seven seasons that he's played so far, has only finished outside of the finals in the heart voting twice. Twice. <laughs> He, 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 in his rookie year in 2016, and he only played 45 games at 48 points. And then in 2020, when he missed six games and still had 97 points, he had 60, 97 points in 64 games. I think this could be the year where Connor McDavid has like some 140 point type year, and maybe he ends up winning the heart again because this would be the first time somebody has scored 140 points or more, or more than 130 points, I should say, since Mario Lemieux and in, in Yarmir Yager in
0: 1996. So. I mean, McDavid is just head and shoulders above everyone. Only injuries are what knock him out of it. And that's what happened in 2020 when he was injured with his knee and Leon Dreisidel ended up winning the Hart Trophy. So that's that's the only time I get him. Let's go to a couple teams first before we make the big one, Phil. Who's your surprise team of 2023?
1: Detroit Red Wings. Um, I, I definitely think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think they're going to take a big step. They went and they got guys like David Perron, Andrew Kopp, uh, Ben Sherratt. Chirot. Ben Sherat's playing with uh, more Cider in preseason. So um, I, I just think that they went and added the right types of pieces that they needed I think this team is going to surprise a lot
0: of people. I wouldn't be shocked. If they make the playoffs. Okay. And I'm going to go with the Vancouver Canucks. I've been singing their praises all along. I thought at the end of last year, they were the most dangerous team outside the playoffs and Bruce Boudreau coaches. That's what Bruce Boudreau does. And I just, I'm going to go just say again, Bruce, there it is because now are they going to be as good? Hard to tell JT Miller going to get almost hundred points out of nowhere. It's, yeah
1: that's that's my big two concerns for me their defensive unit and then JT Miller scoring 99 points again I, I don't see that I could be wrong but I mean and as a center is-
0: not as a I think he's a center not a wing on that on that team so that's another one all right so your underrated team of 2022 23 <sighs> underrated
1: team. Hmm. This doesn't matter if it's a playoff team, non playoff it doesn't team matter if it's
0: a playoff, playoff team or not.
1: A, a team that I think ends up no, that because that's just a surprise team, a team that ends up being better than thought. Okay, the team that people are like overlooking right now, then
0: yeah, but they were they're still good. Like, I'll tell you mine, mine mine's Nashville. I think everybody's overlooking Nashville completely. I think, uh, I, I think I don't Nashville's going to be real good this year. Right now.
1: I, I think people are sleeping on Boston, though. I, I, I think that they still have the makings of a playoff team. They just brought David Krejci back. Um, I, I, I know that he's older, and you know it's he. It, it, what does he have left in the tank after not being in the NHL for a year? But mm-hmm. uh, I, I still think they have pieces. Um, and they, I still think they're capable of making a playoff team. So I think people are definitely sleeping on them.
0: And Filk, lastly, who's going to be your most disappointing team of 22-23? Hmm. I'm going to say the Dallas Stars. Interesting. Uh, the they probably would have I, been my number two for surprise, but go ahead. they the reason I say that is you you lose John Klingberg, mm-hmm. and
1: now Jason Robertson has such a big big year last year. You, you're you're going to expect him to get what forty goals again, and and that might be a tall order. I mean, you're you're looking at so let's let's take a look at what they did last year in terms of scoring. Yeah, Robertson had forty one goals in in in. In uh, 74 games, he was a point per game at 79 points. Now you're you're talking Joe Pavelski is a year older. Tyler Sagan, is Tyler Sagan going to bounce back? Rupe Hintz had 37 goals and 72 points. Huge year for him. Tyler Sagan's only, what, 31? And he had only 24 goals and 49 points last year. Is this the end for Sagan as as like a top-level player, or does he bounce back? Jamie Benn looks like he's just done. I mean, he had 46 points in 82 games last year. And I just – he hasn't come anywhere close to, like, where he was, like, years and years ago. Ever since 2018, he has just been on a, on a big, big downslide. So you lose John Klingberg on top of that. So that's big offense, uh, a big chunk of your offense that you're losing because he's a 50, 60-point defenseman right there. Uh, Miro Heiskanen, you're still waiting for him to step up and become that dominant defenseman offensively. Yes. Like he he's been like a 30 or so point defenseman. Does he become a 50 point defenseman this year? Ryan Suter, 37. He's going to be 38, I think, pretty soon. Let's see his. Oh no. Okay, so he he'll be 38 in January. So again, we talked about 37. That drop off year, right? Mm-hmm. This could be, this could be uh, that year for Suter. Colin Miller. Colin Miller is nothing special offensively. He had that 140-point year in Vegas. Yanni Hockenpah, okay, I like him. The key with their offense coming from their defense is really Thomas Harley. Does Thomas Harley step up and have a big offensive year for them, 30, maybe 40 points, somewhere in that range? And then, you know, you have Jake Ottinger. And and I, I don't know if this I don't I don't know if this defense is really good enough, and Pavelski is so much of a wild card for me at this point at 38 going on 39, like that that's a lot to ask. Actually, oh well, he won't be 39 until next July, so you don't have to worry about that. But he's 38 years old, and that that's a lot to ask. Does Denis Gurianov finally really, really 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 break out? Does Joel to take the next step offensively and become more of a middle six player? Uh, it just there's a lot of questions for me in Dallas, and I, I, I don't know if they have the answers or the ability to answer them internally.
0: Now, now you, there's one name you didn't mention, and it's one I've always been critical on in the past because I get on him for year three and four when he's coaching a team, but Pete DeBoer in years one and two is usually a great job. So that's where I think you might be right. And also, I have the leeway to also be right as well, because then all those questions you have, and then he somehow works magic and gets it. But he, he he improves the team quickly, and he falls out of favor just as fast. So, well, yeah, he doesn't. You're you're, you're right. You've been right about Deboer. He just has not
1: had the shelf life. Um, it's a lot of the same concerns about you know that people have had about Gallant, like Deboer yeah. twenty nine twenty. He he gets fired by um Las Vegas it gets fired by San Jose. Yeah. Las Vegas picks him up midway through the season and then so after year awesome.
0: 3 he's out. Yeah. So I mean he, he he makes he makes John Tortorello look like uh Scotty Bowman as far as longevity goes.
1: Yeah, I mean he he hasn't had 3 full years in any of his stops uh except San Jose.
0: Yeah, I think he got the four with San Jose.
1: He had had four and a half with San Jose. He got fired halfway through the fifth one. But everywhere else, Florida, three years, done. New Jersey, uh, three and technically three and a half years, done. He he didn't really complete the fourth year. The only place he completed the fourth year was San Jose. So let's see what happens. because I
0: believe they got to the Stanley Cup finals the two years before that, and then in the fourth season – that was where they made the epic comeback against uh, Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's
1: the reason he probably, probably got that extension because the first, the, the first year he went to the finals, just like the first year in Jersey he went to the finals. And then 2018 was the disappointing year. 2019 was the comeback on Vegas, and, and that definitely gave him that life next year because I think if they would have lost that series in game seven,
0: he would have been fired after that, right after that game. All right, Philk. To the big question: Who will be in the Stanley Cup Finals, and who wins the cup? Wow. Oh.
1: In the West, I gotta say Colorado. I I I I don't see, I I don't see anybody that's improved the the the. The one team that I could see really giving Colorado hell and possibly beating them is Calgary. I think Calgary did so much to improve their team in the all season, and I, I honestly, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with Calgary. I'm going with Calgary. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they take down Colorado. And you want to know why? Because they're built to win playoff games. You get rid of a smaller, more perimeter player, and someone like Johnny Gaudreau. And I'm not saying Johnny Gaudreau is just one of those guys that like he just he's not i don't see him as a winner i don't i don't see him as a guy that wins come playoff time because when the when the the games get rougher and they they get played more physically i i just he seems like one of those guys that just disappears so yeah getting rid of kachuk hurt but they they bring in jonathan huberdo they bring in nazim kadri they bring in mckenzie weger and some of the younger guys on their team are a year older so now you have a one-two punch down the middle of Elias Lindholm and Nazem Kadri with some of the wingers that they have and the defensive unit that they have. Uh, I, I mean, I really like that defensive unit. I, I really do. You're adding you're adding Mackenzie Weegar to guys like Rasmus Anderson, uh, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev, who, if he could stay healthy, is actually really good. Nikita's his adorable. injury
0: was one of the reasons why they lost to Edmonton last year.
1: Yeah, And then, it, it, Tanev, Tanev is a solid shutdown defenseman, top four guy if he could stay healthy, but that's been his issue for his entire career, his health. And then I, I, I like Oliver Shillington and uh, UC, uh, Yusuf Alamaki. I, I I like the two of them, and I think they're going to get better, and, and Jacob Markstrom has become one of the best goalies in the league. So um, I, I just think that Calgary – I think Calgary and St. Louis – and Colorado are probably the three most balanced teams from head to toe in the league right now. So it's
0: it, it's really amazing. It really is because I I remember being on here the night that uh, that Goudreau left to Columbus, and now you look at the way this team has been reshaped, and I can't help but look at them and say that's a fucking Daryl Sutter team, and it that team that's scary. is. It is going to be very scary. You're talking about Lindholm and and Kadri, and the first thing he asks his centers, play defense. And no more Sean Monahan. They don't have that distraction anymore. They don't have – um and, and I mean, not the necessarily distraction, but you know what I mean. It's like, is he coming back? Is he not? Whatever. Then, now it's – now they got Jonathan Huberdeau, who's arguably the better version between him and Goudreau. And – I mean, now you don't have – maybe maybe Matthew Kachuk was a little bit more of a distraction than, than what people thought because he had his contract up and everything. But you said it best, Phil. Elias Lindholm, number one on my most underpaid players list. Now you got Mackenzie Wieger who's going to jump in the play. They, their defense is just – that looks like a Daryl Sutter defense too. Like think about L.A. I think they recreated the L.A. Kings. Now are they going to have uh, – especially with Tyler Trafolio on the team – but are they going to be the uh, – are they going to have a dominant player outside of Huberto? No, but do they need one? I don't think they do. No, I'm picking it, the Calgary Flames to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I, you know what it is with them? It, it, it just – you look at the guys,
1: and if Nazem Kadri stays healthy, that that's going to be a big thing for them. And, and you, you've you got guys that play playoff-style Sutter hockey, like you're saying, like Kadri plays that type of game. Huberto can play that type of game, but he's going to be your offensive guy. So you're, you're not going to want to really tweak with his game too much. But Mangiapane, that's a that's a lunch pail type of guy right there. Um, Tyler Toffoli, lunch pail type of guy. Uh, you know these and and Toffoli has been a Sutter guy, so you know he knows you know what it, it's going to take to 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 win the cup and and give you what darryl sutter wants so i mean majipani 35 goals last year 35 and he shot 18.9 percent but he's another one gets a lot of his chances in high danger areas so that even though that shooting percentage may regress a little bit he could still probably hit 30 goals just because he goes to those dirty areas to score those goals so um Yeah, I I just think that they have a lot of guys on that team up and down. Blake Coleman, two Stanley Cups. Yep. I I mean, you, and and then you have, like, and they signed Kevin Rooney, which I thought was a good signing for them. You have Trevor Lewis as another fourth guy, another Sutter guy from the L.A. teams, you know, knows what it takes. Rudim Zahorna, not a bad little pickup for them. I, I mean, and then you have someone like Dylan Dubé, who they've been high on, for years and you're just waiting for him to take the next step. Does, does he become a, a, a core contributor there? You know, like uh, that, that's a question, but again, he's in a position, look, 18 goals, 32 points from him last year. And so he's like, he's starting to enter his peak years at, at 23 going on 24 years old. So he's actually 24 now, just turned 24 in July. Sorry. But you know, that that's somebody who you probably could get more of. So, and I don't know if I agree with this at all. I really don't. Musics. I usually, mm. like, I, I'm usually agree- in agreement with you on a lot of your takes, but I I don't see Jacob Markstrom being quote unquote overworked when he's made. Let's see here. Forty three. Backup 43. Boy Dan Vladar. Yeah, Dan Vladar is the backup. I I mean I don't mind Vladar. He's all right. It could have done better with backup, but. Yeah, Mark played 63 games last year and he had a two, 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 two goals against and a nine, two, two save percentage. I would say those are pretty damn good numbers. And I don't think he's going to be overworked because I don't think he's going to play that much more than 63 games.
0: Like you could be worried about that with Igor Sesterkin, by the way, but I think that's the reason why you have Yaroslav Halak in there to be, I don't think you're going
1: worried about everything. that with Sesterkin.
0: Uh, by the way, I also see all the comments there. We're going to get to those in literally about two to three minutes, if not five minutes. Uh, so, Phil, who's playing against Calgary in the Stanley Cup Finals?
1: The East is a real, real crapshoot for me. Um, I, I know people want to talk about Florida and, you know, all oh, they went and they got Matt Kachuk and, I, I do like their forward group still, even after the Kachuk trade. I, I, I think that they they have the right guys in place there with, you know, Barkov, Kachuk, Reinhardt, Sam Bennett, Anthony Duclair, um, Anton Lundell. Uh, I like Ryan Lomberg in a bottom six role. Carter Verhage is a, is a really good middle six player. Patrick Hornquist still has a little bit to give, even though I think he's Overpaid at five point three million, but it, it, to me, it's their defense. Their defense just looks terrible after after Akblad and Montour. I would say even you want to say Forsling, okay, Forsling's decent. Forsling's yeah. decent, but Rad, Radko Gudas, okay, he's gritty, he's physical. Uh, you know, he'll 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 keep people honest, but he's not really a good defender. Then you have Gabriel Carlson and Mark Stahl. Uh, I I just I don't like. Yeah, them that's
0: all. that's not really comforting for me either i
1: mean that's that's
0: the reason why i'm sorry i have to say this i'm not trying to be a homer but it's it's calgary versus the new york rangers and you know something unfortunately i have to say calgary again this was my prediction by the way last uh postseason but i i i don't see the team that's beating the rangers at the moment and it's not because i'm trying i'm trying to find the reasons why I don't think Carolina is going to ma- Carolina is going to make mistakes coaching wise in the playoffs. As good as Roger, Rod Rod is, he had the Rangers on their knees, and Pittsburgh something's missing. I think they're all going to get out there in wheelchairs. I, I keep on saying it like that because they're the oldest. They're the, they're so old. If Genny to- is
1: a big health risk at this point, he really is. I I I agree with you on that. I I just think that Pittsburgh always finds a way to get it done. Um. Yeah,
0: but I don't see them doing it in the playoffs. They haven't won if won, they haven't won a playoff series unless they've won a Stanley Cup since twenty fourteen. That's weird. Wow.
1: wow. Yeah. Yeah. The last time they won a playoff series in a non in a non cup winning year was they wait. They
0: beat Columbus it's- and then lost to the Rangers.
1: No, yeah, I know that, but um 2018. Who did they hold on?
0: Ah crap. 2018. They, lost the, they lost to the capitals in the second round. The second round, yeah.
1: Because the All right,
0: So they've won one playoff series. It's winning two Stanley Cups.
1: Yeah. So. I I mean that's that, that's that's not that's not good. Yeah, they, they beat the Flyers and then they lost to the Capitals. Yeah. So um That's
0: why it's always good to have assistance or people that are yelling at me in there. No,
1: I had to I had to go look that one up because I was about to say because I, I, I was I knew that they lost to the Capitals, but I couldn't remember if that was the first round or the second round. And I, I was about to say I thought that I remember that being the second round because Washington went on to face Tampa Bay and then Washington beat Tampa Bay because I, I kept we all had to root for Tampa Bay to get that first round pick. Yeah, that year. So, um, yeah, and then o- yeah.
0: and then Ovechkin wins the Stanley Cup no, for my brother no
1: no, 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 no. I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut you off right here. I'm gonna cut Dave off right here. Markstrom did not lose to Mike Smith in the playoffs last year. He lost to Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidel. Let's not get it twisted because Mike. Smith let's was also say huge. something
0: else with that. Mike Chris Smith, 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 Smith was, was, a shit. was huge. Chris Connor McDavid was huge. Phil
1: Connor McDavid is the last player in I don't even know how many years to score 30 points in a postseason and not make the Stanley Cup Finals.
0: That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous.
1: Do, you, do, do uh, People don't – All right, so when people tell me that I'm like um, – uh, like I, I'm obsessed with McDavid, whatever, like you, you're, you're all <laughs> over McDavid, whatever, people don't realize what – type of trajectory this guy is having right now he's he's well over a point per game in his playoff career i mean yes both goalies were terrible that series. that's fine but jacob marstrom didn't lose to mike smith he lost to Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl leon dreisaitl almost steve eiserman them to the scaling finals
0: chris chris tan have dumped the puck from three quarters of the ice and scored on mike smith
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We We all saw that.
0: Yeah. That was almost, that was much worse than Mike Richter's uh, 200 foot goal against Darian Hatcher, I think in 94. Kevin Hatcher. Thank you. Kevin Hatcher.
1: Yeah. Kevin was on the capitals, not
0: Darian. Darian was the star. So much information in here and I haven't even started drinking yet. and
1: And you know what? The, the, the worst part about that, Actually, the worst one I think I've seen with that was either in the in the playoffs. It was Lindstrom and Cloutier in two thousand two, the sixty foot slap shot, mm. and or during the regular season, Rob Davison on Vesa Toskala in that in that Islanders Leaf game in two thousand eight. That was terrible.
0: Jeez, yeah. All right. Those yeah, and and again, we know Puck's can have weird bounces. It happened to Henrik Lundqvist. I know this. But I mean, I mean that was that one he just shot on that. I think it went in clean. So game,
1: game, game 2 of the 2013-14 NHL season, uh Ryan McDonough and Jonathan Quick.
0: Remember that one? Yes. Bounce yes. off the floor. He actually stuck out the stick. It hit off and went through the five hole and in. Yep. Yeah. So Philk Who's your Stanley Cup winner? I haven't even picked a team
1: out of the East because I'm just no, – Oh, so that's perfect. right. All right, go
0: ahead. What's your team out of the East?
1: <sighs> and okay. I just said before that I don't think the Rangers will will get back to the Stanley Cup Finals, and you're, like, you're trying to convince me to make a homer pick here.
0: Well, uh, again, I'm trying to find the team they're playing against. I'm not it, seeing it.
1: I think if the Rangers make deadline moves and they go and get like a big right winger – it, made them, it doesn't even have to be Patrick Kane necessarily, but like if they go and they get a a big right wing, uh, you know, sniper or you know, just a, a facilitator on the right wing to help them out and, and mm-hmm. to play with Sabanajad and Kreider, if Lafreniere doesn't end up being you know, kind of uh, figuring it out there, I, they would be a really 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 tough team to beat. I, I do agree with you because you're, you're facing Igor Shostakhin in a seven game series and you saw what happened to, to, to two different teams that thought that they had Igor Shostakhin figured out in a seven game series and they lost. And I and thought he mean, was gassed.
0: I thought he was done. Yeah. So, um, cause also let uh, me throw this number out of you. Cause I think it's going to get better for them this year. 29 times last year, they allowed one goal less. Yeah, that that is a number that could actually get better.
1: I mean, without without garbage like Nemeth in the lineup, yeah, that, that could yeah. get better. Um,
0: and they hemorrhage shots early in the year. Yeah,
1: uh, I I agree with Dave here. Carolina their their goaltending is is not good. I think their overall defense might have improved with losing somebody like Tony D'Angelo and replacing him with Brent Burns. And I'm not even saying Brent Burns is a great defenseman. I just think Tony D'Angelo is so bad defensively that Brent Burns is a massive upgrade just in the addition by subtraction
0: department. Yeah. Um, like uh, he won his Norris because of offensive, offensive. stats. Yeah.
1: He didn't win because of his defense. Jacob Slavin's one of the three best shutdown defenders in the league, bar none. Um, maybe even the best, uh, Brady Shea is Brady Shea. I mean, you can just kind of laugh at him, whatever. Um, Brett Pesci is pretty good, legitimate top four defenseman. But Ethan Baer, Calvin DeHaan, Grigory Dronov, Dylan Coglin, Jalen Chatfield, none of these guys do anything for me after that. So I, right. I don't know how Carolina really is on defense overall. And then
0: replacing Trocheck, remember that.
1: Yeah, and then you, you now now Jordan Stahl's got to step up and either be the second line center or is it Paul Stastny is the second line center or is Marty Nature's Going to abandon right wing and play center, or is Seth
0: Jarvis going to move to second line center?
1: I mean, Seth Jarvis is really a right winger, but I mean, you're you're not. I don't I don't think you're going to move him off right wing.
0: But again, I I wouldn't do that either. That top line was so good.
1: Yeah, but they're also like four million dollars over the cap. So, I mean, and. Uh, well, L- uh, Jake Gardner is going to get LTIR, so that'll be figured out. And Max Pacioretty is going to be on LTIR to start the season. So they'll actually be fine there. But, um, yeah, I, I-, I just – I don't know if Carolina really got better. They may have offensively when Pacioretty gets back. But, again, how much time is he going to miss and how is he going to be when he gets back? So, um, And
0: especially on uh, Achilles injury.
1: Yeah, that's that's not good. The Achilles yeah. injuries are tough. Ask Eric Carlson about it. It took him a while to recover from that one. Uh, I, Tampa Bay, I, I don't really like their group anymore after this year. Um, I mean, you still have Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, but where is their scoring beyond that? Like, the rest of their forward group is Kalorn, Nick Paul, Vladimir Mesnikov, who they brought back. Yeah, that's going to help. I
0: don't know why. That that one puzzles me.
1: Brandon Hagel, Ross Colton. I mean, they don't have anybody that's going to really come up, like prospect-wise, It's really going to do anything for them. They have Anthony Sorelli, too. But I I think he's he's starting the year on injured reserve. So he's going to be out for a while. I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but that's your number two center right there, out for a, a significant amount of time. Now, do you have now you have to move Braden Point or Stephen Stamkos back to center? That changes up your offense quite a bit. I mean, when Sorelli gets back, that's going to help, but they do not have a great offensive group out, outside of their, I would say, top five forwards. So, um, and their defense took a drastic hit. So I'm not really scared of them. I'm not scared mm-hmm. of Florida's defense. Um, and uh, Bobrovsky isn't the same goaltender that he was, you know, in his, in his Vezina days. So, you might be right. Maybe the Rangers do come out of the East. I, and,
0: I mean, and, and again, Phil, it's like, guys, give me a give me excuse not to make the Rangers. It's it's like I would be a bad fan
1: if I don't pick the Rangers, but at the same time, I, I'm just I don't know. Like, screw it. I'm, I'm gonna go Rangers. <laughs> screw it. <laughs> screw
0: it. You know, it's like, what choices do we have left? What choices do we have? I, I, I'm ruling out everyone I can Absolutely. because here's I, the I, other I, thing. I'm just
1: trying to show you how realistic I'm being about this and not being a homer, and I'm trying to go through every avenue in my head to see what team could come out of the East. I don't trust Pittsburgh. I don't – I think come playoff time, I think, again, they're a one-and-done depending on who Washington, they face. Same thing. Uh, but how long is Nick Baxstrom out for? I
0: don't know. I don't know if Nick Baxstrom comes I, back. I, to I don't
1: I I, I don't, I don't, they're saying his career's in jeopardy.
0: Yeah. Last I heard playoffs at best for this year. And yes, his career could be in jeopardy.
1: And and they, they don't have a great group. And, 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 you know, then with that. So Alex Ovechkin is losing his number one center. His, His guy, his partner in crime, the Robin to his Batman. So now you're looking at Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, Dylan Strome, Lars Eller. I mean, they brought back Marcus Johansson, but what is he giving you at this point? Their forward group is not great. Anthony Mantha, Connor, Connor Brown. I mean, they have okay players. TJ Oshie is still there. But I mean, but does that really, Connor Sheary. does that really like kind of scare you as a forward group?
0: No, it doesn't.
1: And yeah, it doesn't, I- and
0: it's, it's, and again, I, I go with a guy who's a great coach but his shelf life wears down is also Peter Laviolette and that's he doesn't he gets it he gets his teams this will be if if he doesn't make the Stanley Cup Finals it's the first team uh, since the Islanders that he coached in 01 that he didn't at least get to the Stanley Cup Finals with and he the guy is that good of a coach but this will now be, uh, I think it's year three of him as, as the, you uh, know, I think it's year two, it's year two. So it, does he do it yeah. this year? Or does he not? I, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think Washington's got it. I don't like their goaltenders. Uh, Charlie Lindgren and Darcy Kemper. Oh. Like, okay. I, yeah.
1: And Kemper is a guy that played on a behind a, a pretty good unit in Colorado, and they he still wasn't great, and he and he and he was posting sub 900 save percentage in the playoffs. Tom Wilson is also out on injured reserve. Carl Haglin. All right, so they're missing three guys. They're missing three. I would say so, two really important guys and a somewhat important guy right now. So that this group is is an incomplete forward group. But one of them is going to be out for probably the entire year. And then the other one, I don't know how long, uh, the other two, I don't know how long Wilson and Hagelin are going to be out for. You know, that now,
0: that could- I, and I know we're going to, we're going to wrap this up soon and also get a quick Q and a from you guys because well, we are getting kind of late in the night, but uh, I do have to ask you this Philk, If you can pop up the Washington capitals schedule on your, on your phone or wherever, because uh, I'm going to ask you to give me a date that Alexander Ovechkin scores the 800th goal of his NHL career.
1: All right, so um, Ovechkin scored 50 goals. And that's another thing I was going to talk about. Ovechkin had 50 goals and 90 points this year. 90 points is the most he's had since 2009-2010 where he had his last 50-50-100 season. Mm-hmm. And that that's a long time to go between 100 point and 90 po- or between 90-point seasons, I should say. He's got 20 – he's 20 goals away. Um, I'm trying to look at it. Okay, so I started – their opening night is the 12th. Okay, hold on. This, that was just in, like, the Google search part of it. So their regular season starts on the 12th. So, you have Boston, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Ottawa, LA, Jersey, Dallas. Um, I say you're probably looking sometime around, I would say, the middle of December. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's against the Blackhawks on, like, December 13th.
0: All right. Because, you know what the worst part is, Phil? I had my answer, and now I have to look at it again. Uh, They 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 play...
1: They play... One, two... I am going to
0: say... Nine,
1: nine, ten... Ten games in October. And then in November, they have... That's six. I'm going to
0: go a little bit crazy. I'm going to say he's a hot starter. He needs 12, right? He, he
1: needs he needs 20 for 800.
0: 20 for 800. Okay. So that's, that's
1: six, 10, 13, 14 games in November. So that's game 24. It's a good thing I have a second take at this tomorrow. And then there's 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. 30 31 yeah I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he breaks it on uh, screw yeah. it December 13th against Chicago that would be game 31
0: all right I like it that you said that and I, I went I was gonna go a little bit more conservative and say the first game back from Christmas. Versus the New York Rangers on December 27th. So,
1: yeah. Oh, that's a good pick, too. Because he Ooh. he loves the score of
0: Madison Square Garden. That's what Alex Ovechkin loves to do. So, it guys, is. That, is, that is our um, NHL season preview. Like I said, good thing I get a second take to do this. I get to do it tomorrow with Anthony and to get his answers. And then oh, I'm gonna combine no. these two so that way you guys can actually watch us all as one video with us in case if you're not watching it right now. Oh
1: crap, Aaron Judge did it.
0: I was about to break that news, but fortunately, oh, Phil Curry God, did it. Did it.
1: Yeah. Yes, let's go. Home run king. All right,
0: baby. So yeah. Um, so uh, when I get this down. That's uh, so he is the home run record holder for the American League. Um, does it, Phil, I'm gonna ask you this question in a second. Home run 62. There we go. Congrats, to Aaron Judge. Hitting home run number 62. And, uh, of course, it has to happen while we're on the air. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) So, Phil, let me ask you this question. A lot of it was made by the Maris family about that he should be the true home run record holder. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Bonds cheated. And, yeah, a lot of guys were doing it back then. But Barry Bonds doesn't hit. 73 home runs Mark McGuire doesn't hit 70 home runs sammy sosa doesn't hit 66 home runs without steroids You just simply don't and um i'm not gonna lie um i it, it a lot of that was fun it was great to watch it helped save the game but it Once was great with
0: Maguire and Sosa. It wasn't great when it was Bonds.
1: Once. Yeah, well, Maguire and Sosa just ninety eight was just such an awesome year for baseball. It really was. Oh god, yeah. It was that was really, really a fun time for to be a baseball fan. But um I would uh I would say if anything that yeah it, it was fun to watch, but looking back on it, Aaron Judge would be the uh Aaron Judge would be the guy 17.
0: Well, First off, again, congratulations to Aaron Judge. I think that this is one of the one times that there isn't anyone even close to him because what people might forget is Sosa and McGuire were going back and forth. Bonds had Luis Gonzalez, Maris had Mantle, and Ruth did it all by himself. But he had Lou Gehrig right behind him as far as a run producer. Lou Gehrig uh, in nineteen twenty seven. 176 RBIs, I believe that's fourth most all time in American League history. He and had he a
1: 186 it. RBI season, I believe. And he uh, did that afterwards. Yeah, he has. He did he's did got that more than that.
0: Hack. Hack Wilson, I think, is the record. 191. 191. Yeah. So he actually got an extra RBI about 80 years later. By the way, the, Hack um, Wilson. <laughs> wow, I did not know this. Yeah. They, they went through the record books. That's why a movie like, by the way, Mr. 3000 exists. Because they go, wait a minute, those weren't hits. Um, uh, you know what? i gonna cut you off.
1: This right here. Okay. I totally agree that Bonds and Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame. Because they had Hall of Fame careers before steroid use. The, and and then we
0: know when they did steroids. We, we,
1: you can tell when they did steroids. When Barry Bonds came back. And was twice the size, and his head grew. You knew he was doing steroids. Um, So Barry Bonds, what he did in San Francisco up to two thousand, you know, was clean. It was two thousand one, or even if you want to point and say two thousand, when he came back in two thousand, and he was a little bigger, and he hit fifty home runs for the first time in his career in two thousand. You want to say forty nine?
0: He had that year. Yeah. But exactly where you're pointing at. Keep going, Phil. But Barry Bonds, up to that point, was a, uh,
1: I believe, a three-time MVP. He had over 400 career home runs. How many gold gloves? Silver sluggers? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds would have been one of the best players of all time without steroids. Didn't need him. Didn't need him. And and, and the same for Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens didn't need steroids. He didn't. He, He had a... He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, and it's sad, but they did
0: it, but Aaron judge to me is the real home run king. So let me just say this, though, unfortunately, it's, I think the key words of that sentence is, is to you, because first off, he already is. He's the American League home run champion. There is nobody that could take that away until it, it's done again. First things first, you can't, you can't overlook the fact that the balls went over the fence and you also can't help but argue this. You don't know about the pitchers that were on steroids at the times when Barry Bonds was hitting those home runs, but I, I gotta agree with what Phil said. And first, let me start with Mark McGuire, who is probably he, I still love Mark McGuire. I still do. I, 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 I watched him as a rookie hit 48 home runs. I, I love this guy. He was such a great character. Great cameo on The Simpsons as well. So, same thing for uh, not so much Roger Clemens. I was going to give Roger Clemens a good credit on that, but no. But okay. But, Phil, Mark McGuire definitely would not have hit 40 home runs, uh, sorry, 66 or 70 home runs without steroids. And he was injured a lot. And that's where you hear the the guy say, I was just trying to get back to my team. Well, you're doing things to make sure you get back to your team by cheating. So there you go. Unfortunately, that's how it is. So I don't want to ever hear that from any player. That being said, Barry Bonds, Gary Cohen said this uh, in like the mid 2000s. Barry Bonds is an American tragedy because that guy was the greatest and was going to be, he was already an uh, all- mlb century team player and he took steroids he was at the top of his game and my goodness and there are guys there are guys that even say it to to this day everything about it gets better your eyesight gets better and your eyesight is probably the most important thing to a baseball player so you can find the seams faster I mean, do you think Ken Griffey Jr. Wish he took steroids, whether or not you believe he did or he did? I don't think he did. Um, did. What about we can go with a lot of guys that are in there. So, again, look, I think, by the way, there is something driving Aaron Judge this year. And it's not steroids. It's because it will say it's need a new contract itis. And there are so many times I mean, Aaron judge, I don't think gets this record. If this contract wasn't coming up because there would be times where the Yankees walk up there and go, you have to take a day off like <laughs> that. I ain't taking a day off. I need to get paid. And Aaron judge also, by the way, far and away the, the Yankees most critical player this year. And for the last few years, and it would be nice if the Yankees can at least pay for his chiropractor bills. Cause since he's carrying them on his back, but mm. Pay pay the man his money, so
1: yeah, Teddy KGB. yeah, yeah. yeah but it, it just, I mean, I, I'll say this: I I I don't care that the guys did the steroids because everybody was doing them. But the only thing I will say in regard to that is that when you let David Ortiz in, you have to let all of them in.
0: Yep. Unfortunately, I have to agree you with that.
1: One of them in, all of them going, Palmero, Sosa,
0: all of them. They all Actually, go let in. me let me correct it. Let me not say it's it's Ortiz. It's Rodriguez, not Alex Rodriguez, Avon Rodriguez, who acknowledged that he did steroids. And once you put him in, now you gotta throw everybody in. Yep, everybody else
1: has got to go in. And Ortiz Ortiz was caught. He was caught. He failed the test. He was caught. He could say whatever he wants about whatever procedures and all that other garbage. He was caught. He was caught. There's
0: still 100 names left on that list that still haven't been revealed. And trust me, there are names that I would not be surprised are on the list. Um, I'm going to get one of them way out of the way. Mariano Rivera is not on steroids and never was. Yeah, that's definitely me definitely not no. the case. Marianne Rivera, Mariano Rivera could tell you the cutter was coming. You're still not hitting it. Yeah, so, exactly.
1: You know, you you still weren't hitting that thing. It didn't matter. It wasn't about the speed that it was coming at. It was where he located it and the spin on it that he, he came in with. And the, bat, the the bats that were broken. So it, do, yeah. it doesn't matter.
0: And I mean, I, I still love the trivia question. I love to ask at the bar, Philk. So when people want to be like, oh, who who do you, who's, uh, you're the trivia guy. I'm a Yankee fan. Give me a good one. Who's the two home run? Who hit, who are the two players that hit the two postseason home runs off Mariano Rivera?
1: Two players in the postseason. It's not Luis Gonzalez. Uh...
0: The first hint I usually give is at one point in their careers, they were Mets. Ooh. Am I, blanking here? I feel
1: like I should know this, but, um, not Carlos, Bel, uh, Carlos Delgado, right?
0: No, not Carlos Delgado. No. Mm. And yeah, Sean, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, off has been very underwhelming um, season home run
1: one of them was on Arizona and the other one was on Boston right neither team one was on Florida
0: John D lee how you doing no. First off, by the way, that tells you how great Mariano, um, you, that you tells you how great Mariano Herrera was. In he Lundle, pitched the whole season of the playoffs. Lundle. He allowed two home runs. I, I granny, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I go irate when I say this. Uh, we'll get back to that one in a minute. Uh, I, I give up. Okay. The second hint I give is that None of them were after the year 2000. And I usually follow it up with. uh, The first guy, his brother also played for the New York Mets. This is John. Thank you.
1: This is a name. Yeah. No, you, you know what? Uh, Carlos Baerga?
0: It was, hold on. It was by someone on Cleveland in 1997. Sandy Alomar Jr. That Ooh. won the division series.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Oh, Jeez. Granny, I'm, I'm going to come back to Pete Rose in a second. So, Because so I got animated that, with it. That, that was the last one then, right? He was the first. That was 1997. He played for the Mets in 2007. No, I know that. So the last one is still in the year 2000. The last one is in the year 2000. Was he on the Mets when he did it? He could have. He did play against the Mets. It's not Piazza, right? It's not Piazza. Edgar Alfonso? Nope. Alfonso was on base, Piazza homered off of Jeff Nelson earlier in that inning. So now I'm telling you it's the Mets.
1: Yeah. I figured as much. It's not Jay Payton, right?
0: Ding, 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 ding. It is Jay Payton. Jay Payton with a three run home run.
1: Wow. I can't believe I got that on a guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's a total guess. I believe. Zeal, I think Ventura struck out, Zeal walked, I think Agbaani had a hit, and then it was Peyton with the home run. So, yep, there is John DeLay saying there's a reason why you're holding the belt, John.
1: And unfortunately, I'm looking-
0: Phil, Phil, we're trying to wrap this up, but and we're supposed to take more hockey questions. Thanks for breaking this news, Aaron Judge. But, Phil, I got to go back to this one because Granny, Granny got me on it. Uh, where is it? Oh, here it is. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Your take on it, first? Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, NP, this is the first time we're seeing you on here. Welcome to the show.
1: No, no, Nick, Nick, Nick is a long time. Uh, Nick is a long time viewer. All right, then. In that I, case, yeah, Nick Nick's he's, he's a long time viewer. Nick, actually, we met Nick at the uh, preseason game last year.
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: He he was hanging out with us outside. So all right. Um,
0: all right, so, Phil, your thoughts on Pete Rose?
1: Absolutely Hall of Famer. There's no reason he shouldn't be. I, I, I hate the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame. And, and oh, well, he bet on the game. One, you have no proof of what. If he was betting, if he was throwing a game, okay. But there's nothing that they've shown that's found that he's throwing the game. So why would you not want to bet on your own team to win? If he was throwing a game, okay, fine. It's not like the, the the Black Sox scandal. That's completely different. This is a completely different story. Um, I, I'm, I'm all for Pete Groves being in the Hall of Fame. And I you think know, it'll I've happen ever on game, way.
0: You ever bet on a game or fantasy football? Yeah, I play fantasy football a lot of times. I play fantasy the hockey TV? What's up? Scream at the TV when uh, you need <laughs> a guy to do something?
1: I scream at TV when I don't bet on it. That is true.
0: I, I am his bartender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Phil. Now imagine you're the manager of that team. Now imagine, uh, I I'm trying to pick think of a guy that pitched for them back then. I think it was Kenny Rogers pitched for them, uh, during uh, Pete Rose's time, and he bets on Kenny Rogers, and uh, he just comes in, and he just doesn't have it that day. Skip, I don't have it. Come on, Kenny, I really need this. All right, well, you know, he finally takes him out of the game, walks over and uh uses a reliever that's been pitching three straight days and jeopardizes his career or stretches things a little bit too much. You're a manager of a team. You shouldn't be betting on the fucking team you're managing. It's just, it's a conflict of interest. It's something that shouldn't be done. Now, by the way, I love the argument. You bet on his team to win. Did he bet on him 161 games? He did not. No, he did not. He did not. So in that case, the soon as you don't bet on your team, Telling everybody else you have no confidence in them. That's what you're doing with that. So again, it's inside information, however you want to slice it. Was he a great player and a great hitter? Yes, but the one thing you had to do was just not bet on your team. Nobody put a gun to his head to bet on baseball. Actually, the, I think, so I why should what done. he did as a manager take away what he did as a player? That that's
1: the argument that I have in all of this.
0: Because there's a you lot of people that are there. saying. Uh, there's a lot of people that are saying that he did it as a player too. There's there was evidence that Dowd found that that he was he was there. Here's what's going to happen: Pete Rose is going to pass away, and
1: then they're going to put, put him in. That's what I literally just said before. They're going to put him in posthumously.
0: And if you forgive Pete Rose, shooless Joe Jackson deserves to be in. And by the way, shoeless sure, Joe Jackson, if you haven't seen the movie Eight Men Out, great movie. Probably one of the most underrated baseball movies ever. Um <laughs> folk screams at the TV when he wakes up. Probably. It's it's just they made one rule that you can't bet on baseball. And he he he's he broke the rule. That's why it's look, is he was he great enough to be I I I don't know, I, I don't know. We're gonna find out about it because it's, it's I I still don't think he should. Uh, this is like the least worked up I am on this. If you guys remember, uh, I was on this with Evander Kane when I fe- when there was rumors of him betting on the game. So, Phil, so just we're gonna go with a couple quick questions before we get off. Um, how many points for Vinny Trocek this year? Fifty one last year. I'm going to say somewhere between 55 and 60. 55 and 60. Yeah, that, 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 I think that's reasonable. And again, he had 51 last year, Stroman 53. I think Trocek's a better player. I still want to use a more of a, de, a defensive role because I, I think matchups are still where the Rangers have to get that clear. Uh, David saying, I think, Ottawa, Detroit, or Detroit and the Penguins take the wild cards? What do you think? I think Detroit and the
1: Penguins. I, I, I don't think Ottawa is there yet, and I, I don't trust their goaltending. I just don't. I, I, I like what they have going on. Otherwise, up front, I mean, you, I, I believe that Stutzla is ready to take that next step and, and, and be that big-time offensive producer. I, I think that's going to happen this year. Um, I don't know if Josh Norris is going to score 35 goals again, but I, I do see him being a, a, a player. You bring in Claude Giroux, even though he's 34, I still think he could score 60 plus points for them. Drake Batherson is on the on the upside; he's on the uptrend. Mm-hmm. I mean able to get tripped by a goalie. Yeah, I mean um, Tyler Mott, you brought in for your bottom six. Dylan Gambrell, Austin Watson, I like those guys in the bottom six. Matthew Joseph's a good middle six player. Shane Pinto is another guy that can come up. Alex Fermenton, he needs a contract, but I I think they're going to give him a deal and he'll be good. And then their, their defense, another guy that we haven't talked about for rookie of the year for Calder, and I could honestly see him being a guy that could win it as well, especially if Ottawa somehow makes the playoffs, Jake Sanderson. Yes sanderson is a phenomenal phenomenal skater he really is and he's good defensively he played at north dakota my favorite college program
0: probably better um, skater than his dad and that says something
1: yeah he i think he might have better edge work than his dad did his dad might be a faster straight line skater but i mean it's it's still close and i think i think when it's all said and done jake will probably be the better skater of the two but um jake is really really
0: good by the way own. david did also point out toronto and edmonton uh canada wins the stanley cup uh what do you think about all, all those two teams yep i'm having that trouble too when it comes uh, to toronto toronto by the way i think they got the third best odds to win the stanley cup what the hell is vegas smoking because i can't, phil can you even think of a team that made the stanley cup finals without winning a playoff series in the previous five years, it's the same group of players. I mean, I, I like that they added and where's goaltenders
1: and Callie and and Nick Obe Cavell. I like, I, I like those two additions. I really do. But secondary scoring has been an issue for Toronto. I mean, Michael Bunting had a really good rookie year, even though I wouldn't consider him a rookie by real standards, mm. uh, but. Um, it, it's still essentially the same core. I mean, Rasmus Sandin just got his new deal. It's the same defensive group from last year, and Mark Giordano's still there, but he he doesn't have much left in the tank. You got Zach Aston Reese on a on a tryout; he could be a bottom six fourth line guy. But Murray and Sam Sonov—they got worse in net. They got worse
0: in net. You got to hope Samsonov just that all that training he did with Sisterkin actually picks up his work ethic see the difference between Samsonov and Sisterkin is both of them got all world talent uh has uh, Sorok- got it up here Sisterkin does uh, whatever sisterkin has got it up here Samsonov he gets lazy at times so I don't
1: know if it's it's lazy or if it's just the fact that he's just not as good as many thought as a prospect. Like, remember how hyped up Yaroslav Askarov was? Yep. In his draft year, and 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 he, his development has not gone nearly as well. And he didn't look good in the World Juniors, the last one he was in. I, I mean, I don't know. I I I just I don't buy Washington in net, and I, I definitely do not buy Ottawa in net. Ottawa is just, oof! That goaltending is bad. Can it can it be supported if with a better defense in front? Sure, but Toronto, um, that's there. They got even worse. I don't even know how they thought Matt Murray was a better idea in net than Jack Campbell after the years that Matt Murray has had recently.
0: Yeah, I know. And again, he's he's not healthy. That's his number one problem. He's he's y- y- if you can't replace games, you don't play. That's why sometimes when people go oh, this guy, he's just injured a lot. Yeah, you can't replace games you don't play. Like Wayne Gretzky versus Mario Lemieux. Mario might, be, might have been a better player. Wayne Gretzky is the best of all time because Gretzky played his games. Mario didn't. Now, granted, it's part of that to do with cancer, but still, it's like...
1: It's still, you got to be on the ice to play the game, unfortunately. Yeah. It sucks. I've never wished cancer on anyone. I've lost so many members of my family to cancer, but like... It, it, you gotta you gotta be on the ice to play the games, and that's the big drawback with Mario when it comes to the argument of Gretzky. Yeah, and then um, back was in there but, too. Uh, look, look at Edmonton. Look at Edmonton. And Darnell Nurse, Tyson Barry's good offensively, but again, another guy who isn't good defensively. Cody Cece and Brett Kulak are going to be another
0: year older. of Both of them.
1: Yeah. Ex- uh, uh, well, neither of them are over thirty, but they're they're still. Oh, really? not- I Cody Ceci is like- okay. The Cody Cece doesn't belong in a top six. He's, he's horrendous. Yeah. I mean, Slater, cuckoo, okay, decent, nothing special. Evan Bouchard is the guy that you're waiting to take that next step offensively with. I, I believe he had like 40 points this year, which is pretty good. Yeah, he, oh, yeah, he had 43 points this year. So he's like there offensively, but where is the defense ever going to come around with him? Because that's really the big thing with Bouchard. Can he be a 50-point defender and improve his defense? I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't trust Edmonton's. I don't I don't trust their group and and their their four group. They they lack they lack scoring depth. So you got your obvious your big guns: McDavid, Dry Seidel, and then Nugent Hopkins. And you have Kane, Yamamoto, Jesse Poliarvi um, They brought in Warren Fogle, which was decent, but you know you, you I mean, Zach Hyman's all right. They they still need help. They still need another scorer, I would say, another legitimate scorer there. Uh,
0: by the way, just to throw this one out, because uh, we I never got to get your opinion on it, but Nils Lundqvist scored the other night, as Steven mentioned when he saw us.
1: Yeah, power play ball.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on him and the trade?
1: I love that trade because they ended up getting a first rounder for a guy that wanted out, and nobody thought that they were going to get that. But Dallas saw a guy that they thought was ready, that they were willing to give the chance to, because they had the ability to give him a chance. And you know what? It, I think this is going to be a trade that'll work out for both teams. Best of luck to Nils Lundqvist in Dallas. Um, I, I have nothing but you know nice things to say about him, uh, and I hope he succeeds there. I just hope that. When the Rangers face them, the Rangers get the best of them, and that's
0: it. Yeah, and again, there's not a lot of animosity on this one. It's not quite no. say what a lot of other uh, situations have been in the past, but it's it's good for Nils. And the Rangers got a first round draft pick, and as David said right here, hope they get the tenth. Uh, Dallas has the tenth, the eleventh worst record, so that way they can at least get they a, get the best draft pick record. out of it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I listen, I totally agree. I, uh, like I said, I, I could see Dallas missing the playoffs. I really could because it just, there's a lot of things that have to go right with that team. They've got some good young pieces, but some of their key contributors have major, major questions. And if Nils Lundquist can take over and, and pick up some of the offense that John Klingberg left behind or, or took with him to Anaheim, then you know what? Maybe Dallas is in good hands. But, I mean, right now they got a lot of questions you ask me.
0: There you go. All right, Phil, I'm going to start playing us out with bye-bye. Uh, so everybody's going to have a couple of minute, uh, like about two minutes to try to talk to us and try to keep us on here. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, it's getting a little bit late. We're going to have to wind this one down. Cody Glass' Cody Glass's reaction to making the Preds. Wow, I did, did not. not.
1: Did not see it, but good for Cody Glass because he was a top draft pick in 2017, Vegas. And then he was traded for Melnyk Patrick. So, I mean, hopefully Cody Glass uh, has a nice long NHL career.
0: Yeah, Sean D. Lee is right about that. That Robertson contract is a huge problem. Um, <laughs> saying usually it means another hour if it's in the afternoon. And of course, Sean's happy just to see his beloved Phil right there hi sean yeah i saw no, john saying, saying, hi. saying hi some
1: mother's saying i didn't get to say hi to everybody but definitely feels good to be back and i will actually be back with you guys uh we'll be doing more weekly stuff i think we're aiming for uh tuesdays is it
0: yeah tuesdays. i thought it was wednesdays wednesdays uh at 6
1: 30. we're gonna do wednesdays okay so then probably we're we're probably gonna do wednesdays around like 6 30. Um, it'll be the three of us back together again
0: so to be huge which will be People much better this year
1: I'm, I'm there for that one buddy. I'm there for yeah that
0: I, one. I gotta tell you i I wanna I wanna earmark that one that I think that's gonna happen as well um the good by the way the good news for everybody else is that uh the song I, I actually had to loop the song so uh I had to restart it so we got another about a minute now there's always any time you might do a final buzzer that you might jump on um yeah we're gonna try to do more uh, like post game reviews on instagram shorts if you can so brent burns and carolina philk i think we went over that one it was eh.
1: i i like i like the move i think he's an upgrade over uh, D'Angelo defensively, just because D'Angelo is just garbage in his own zone. Um, I still think he's got a bit offensively, and he could definitely help their power play. I, I just, he's, again, he's not a great defender. He's old, and I, I wonder how much he has left in the tank. So, I, I wonder how much better this Carolina team is actually going to be if they're going to be better. I'm
0: curious. Uh, just, uh, you know what? I, I, everything you hit, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know about it with them, because that, that line of demarcation, 37 years old, that Yeah. That's why I said it was, was unbeaten.
1: So if You saw Gretzky, Messier, they all started to decline at like 37 years old. That's where it happens.
0: And even with newer training methods, you can hold it off for a while, but hockey is such a physically demanding sport, it's very tough.
1: Unless you're Taylor Solani or Yarmer Yager and you find you just find yourself in the right situations for him, you're just a beast physically at that age.
0: Like Brett Hull. Brett Hull was one guy I didn't think was going to fall off as much as he did. And then he did his last year with the Coyotes. By the way, that is actually a sentence I said his last year with the Coyotes. Yes,
1: because um, he, un-ret- he had his father's number unretired. And then night games in, I believe it was, he just couldn't do it
0: and retired. Yeah. And that was Wayne Gretzky's first year coaching, if I recall correctly.
1: It was five games, actually, not even nine. Five games, he had, had one assist in an industry player. Yeah, I mean, for all that, 37, that was the 2002 season. 30 goals, 63 points. And then at 38, he had 37 goals and 76 points. But if you ever watch the interviews with him, he thanks one man for that. You know who that man is?
0: No, who is it? Pavel Dotson. Oh, yeah.
1: He said Pavel Datsyuk was the most skilled player ever played with, and made those last years a lot easier than they could have been.
0: Um, I uh, David put this one up, but isn't it 9.15? <laughs> nine point one five? Nine nine point one two five.
1: Yeah, but the fact that it starts with nine one is just—it's so funny that they. Oh my
0: God! There's a. By the way, David, there was another player that went to the Coyotes that year. I'm trying to remember who it is. It wasn't just Cujo. It was somebody else. They all wanted to go play for Gretzky. So.
1: Yeah, Hall, Joe, Curtis Joseph was on that team. Um,
0: There's another one. I know there is. It wasn't Tony Amonti.
1: Mike Ritchie was on that team. Hmm. Uh, Jeff Sanderson. Uh, no, that's Josh Grant. I thought that was. Oh, you know who played on that team? He played two games with them that year. A then 24-year-old, Pablo Brendel. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, still tied in goal score with you and me. Oh, no, not tied. Well, tied for the New York Rangers, but um, well, that's really the the line I use for Jessamine. The uh, Pavel Brendel had, I think, eleven career goals.
1: You are correct. Eleven career goals and eleven career assists for twenty-two career points in seventy-eight career games.
0: He had twenty-nine goals in the playoffs with the Calgary Hitman. He, he got eleven career. Four.
1: He and had score- hundred and thirty-plus goals in those first two years with Calgary
0: unreal unreal all right all right guys but it's been great it's been great sitting down yeah i can't believe we almost did uh well we did two hours and 35 minutes we were done with the bar talk after about an hour i thought this was going to be a lot a uh, lot shorter but everybody thank you very much for joining us and it's going to be a great time we got a lot more to do uh Phil, any interest in doing a, a watch along next week
1: We'll talk about that. Um, We'll try to provide updates in the group. Um, Yeah. It's tough doing
0: watch along just
1: because of the fact that you you got to watch the volume. And then it's like, I I don't know, I I find those pretty tough.
0: Yeah, it's been tough. We'll figure out how to do those better eventually. I mean, well, the other thing is we might, depending on it, maybe a post-game. I don't know. I might, who knows. I I wanted to do a post-game first game of the Stanley Cup Finals, Belk. And I ended up having to say, yeah, you know, I was drunk. So, cause that was, that, that, uh, that was the triple overtime game against the Penguins. Oh, unfortunately geez. I needed the drink. So there we go. All right. Yeah. So yeah, we got the Islanders coming up tomorrow. Um, lots of work for me. This guy gets to take off again. So, uh, it's, uh, you know, there's there's a lot more coming from us this year. Don't worry about it. I'm trying to figure out places to go for the mark on the road segments. And uh there's there's going to be a lot of us. So don't don't worry about that. Now we're entering the busy time of the year and the really good time. So everybody, thanks very much for joining us on this one and we will see you again soon. Let's go Rangers.